Blog Talk Radio. Carlotta chat with y'all. Okay, listen. I wanted to make sure I had y'all right tonight with sound. So I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping everything sounds better and more clear for everybody because I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go back over some of the stories I did last night because y'all didn't hear very well. Okay, so we're gonna do that. But first, you know, we're gonna talk about the BET awards that just happened tonight. Um, the BET Awards, uh, <laughs> well, they're celebrating 50 years, 50 years of hip hop. So it's just like the Essence Fest. The Essence Fest is like completely mostly hip hop. It's a lot of old school artists, but to me, I mean, I usually go to the Essence all the time, but I was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to talk because I've seen that kind of stuff before. It wasn't that I didn't like the artists. It's just like, I was, well, some of them I didn't. And I just was like, mm. the BET Awards tonight, I say, and to, uh, they had some sound problems early on, I think, starting. I saw pieces of it. Um, <laughs> this is just going to be some quick stops, okay? You know, um... And it's not an age thing because, you know, I feel like Generation X, that the secret about X, the Xers, that it's going to be hard. It's, we're the generation, I feel, that it's going to be hard for us to get old because we sit in between this. We're never going to, not hard for us to get old, but we're going to be the generation, my personal opinion is, that we're going to be the first generation 
that fully embraced hip hop, the generation that set between old school, uh, our old school roots in black music, uh, black American music, and hip hop, which was from black American music. Okay, you know, I mean, and y'all, we, we, I know hip hop, they love to talk about, they started in the 70s. People question the start of hip hop. People like to say, you know, different things. But all I know is that in the 1930s and 40s, there's video footage of black people rapping over, black Americans rapping over uh, jazz music, all kind of stuff. Hip hop didn't just start in the 1970s, okay? The idea of hip hop, poetry, poetry over music, lyrics over music. People talking over music didn't just start in the 1970s, okay? That shit has been going on. And y'all busting album, busting sound over. Y'all just start sampling R&B music like the 1980s, was late 1980s, no, well into the 90s, and still sample R&B music. So to me, hip-hop is born from foundational black America, Ada Austin, whatever. Let us say what you want to say. Maybe some other groups came in and helped out a little bit here and there. Because New York is very different. Let me just talk about New York for a minute because New York is the, the home of the home of hip hop. Even though hip hop, black people had been rapping over and breaking over records and stuff for years. I mean, years before that. That's proven. Okay, you can. There, there. I think Tyreek Nasheed right now is working on. Uh, uh, he's supposed to be working on uh, video uh, something that talks about the history of hip hop. Okay. So I think there's different phases in hip hop, uh, but what I will say is this: New York is a very, very different from the rest of the country of Black Americans. Can I just say, <laughs> because of post 1965 and 1960 and before then, um, New York is um, even though a lot of Black Americans are no longer is not is Black traditional America. Not as many in New York as it was because the rent then got high and all kind of other stuff. But New York, very different from other parts of the country, had a lot of immigration. You know, um, uh, in terms of you know um, how they how they view race and how they view. Um, I don't know, how can I explain it? How they see race and stuff like that is very different, I think, from other parts of the country. I mean, how other parts of the country view race, like if you were born in the Midwest, how you see race is different than the West Coast and stuff like that. Um, so New York, I feel like it's a, like a hodgepodge of things. And so sometimes um, you had, when you had immigrant families from the diaspora moving into New York City, uh, you know, probably a lot of them locked on to black American things. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, black Americans, this is, that is pretty much how it went. There were a whole lot of, a lot of black Americans that you locked on, locked on to culture and stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't think that's an argument. It's definitely, uh, I, 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 don't even, I don't even argue hip-hop. I don't even argue, even with hip I really don't believe rappers who are in hip-hop understand the history of hip-hop. I mean, are they say things that is just simply not true? 
people were people were rapping. I mean, rapping in the 1930s and 40s. I mean, that's the fact. There's videos on the internet. I, I don't know if you guys are talking about. And okay, Cool Herc, he did. What did he do? Something? I forget what Cool Herc did that made him. Start. But that was just a piece, I think, of hip hop history. But you guys use Black American music to rap over it and all that kind of stuff. So I, I consider it a Black American genre, a Black traditional Black American genre. That's that. Okay, part of the family. It's R&B's child. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's rhythm and blues child, and 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 spirit Negro spirits was a great 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 grandchild. You know what I'm saying? The blues. Uh, the blue, no, great, maybe great, great, yeah, great, great, and it's the blues is great grandchild, okay? So I don't, I don't really, I don't look at it, you know, I don't, <laughs> I, so I, that's not a part I'm going to, or I feel is a new, so I agree. I mean, I think that's just, that's, it's, it's just, I think in New York, there is this need to feel for, um, ADOS was more inclusive and, at, it, that's nothing wrong with being inclusive, but they didn't set boundaries about culture. We None of us did in black America. We didn't really set boundaries. But places where I live, like the Midwest, you know, it wasn't a lot of very, I didn't grow up going to school with a lot of immigrants. A couple few here and there, but not, not many in the post, not, you know, after 1960, most of them probably were in the East and the West Coast. <coughs> so they have a very different feel. I remember going to that East Coast and stuff in the 90s, very different vibe than now. If you go to the, I mean, the last five, what did I go about? 2018. Very different vibe from the 90s and 2018. I thought New York was, New York was dirtier in the 90s. <laughs> in the early 2000s, it was terrible. But I actually found it to be more, have more culture and more flavor. And I remember, like, uh, dudes, like, you would, you would meet people who were so, I mean, culturally, Black Americans who were so culturally aware at that time, it's a different vibe, okay? Now I don't think that's, it's, it's a, I think it's a different energy or whatever. Um, so let's get, I wanted to get that out the way, the history of hip-hop, okay? Um, and what I think about it. I mean, that's just what I think. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, you know, there's nothing more to say. And I, and I know these, a lot of these artists today and stuff, there is this push. And I, you know, there, and I talk about this all the time on my show because I feel like I have to. I feel like there is uh, one of our problems in traditional black America is that we have such low self-esteem about certain things, about who we are as a group. Because if you've lived in a country that you had generations of ancestors, not your ancestors just came over post-1965 or a little bit before, but you where you've had generations of your ancestors who have, uh, who were once slaves on the soil, who endured uh, the, the tragic energies during slavery, post-slavery, failed Reconstruction era, to segregation, to in the South, to discrimination all over the United States. And you come from generations of that. It is 
a very different experience. And sometimes these black people, under so much harsh pressure, we were looking for something to attack them. We didn't realize black American people, I don't believe, realized they were creating culture. They, they had created a culture because we, I love Chris Rock said something on one of his comedy specials that I find just in, that, that I thought was hilarious. He says that America is like, if you're a black person in America, it's like the uh, uncle who molested you but paid your way to God. <laughs> What a great analogy, because uh, it's like we were we have been mistreated and mis and done harshly by America, but yet we built it. Our ancestors built it. Free labor, you know, um, and our ancestors bought their gifts from different parts of the continent of Africa because some people don't believe it. most most slaves came from most people believe West Ghana but I mean from Ghana but it was also people believe in different parts of Africa. You know, so, say, so here's a people who were bought our ancestors, traditional black Americans ancestors. And I think sometimes immigrants fail to understand this, especially some not all immigrants some black immigrants in the diaspora, that's why they have such a hard time when, when now you have ADOS on the scene, FBA on the scene, they get they kinda get a little discouraged about it because they're like they they've never seen us create boundaries. And uh, I'm talking about this for a reason with hip hop because I, I really wanna hit on it for a minute, but uh they never seen black Americans create boundaries because black Americans sometimes were blinded like America to the world outside of America in terms of, you know, we thought black people, all black people just black. We, you know, nobody was saying anything. And if you came into the country post-1965, most most immigrants from the Caribbean and stuff like that, a lot of them weren't waving their flag. And so I remember Haitians used to be ashamed to tell they were Haitians. It, was, it wasn't until an Intervaki Shad wrote uh, the Cup for a Colored Girl and uh, talked about Toussaint Lowriture and stuff like that. Then you start seeing around the eight, late 80s. No, it's that. <laughs> People say they was, what did you say? West Indies? Uh, no, he used to say all kinds of things to say because it was changed with that, so in certain things. But black Americans make that like, hey, no, nah, that's, that's great history because black Americans always up other cultures because we felt, you know, we were put out by our own culture. So we would always try to we could we tried to be pan African, reconnecting back to to Africa and thinking all black people have the same goals and aspirations. But but no, everybody people from different places and don't got the same ideas and the same energy. It doesn't mean we don't love them. It just means that you know um, you know there are some groups that come over. I, I I remember experiencing my first racial like. In bad energy from from people out in the diaspora. And I was like, whoa! Like having an African friend who told me, I was like, wow! That was she told me so much stuff that they thought about African Americans. She was from Nigeria, and I was like, that's crazy. Then I had another <laughs> a friend like who was saying, and I was like, this is really nuts. I mean, it, it it was just they had some of the same racist ideas and 
even my friends, some of my friends from Caribbean would always say, hey, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you'd be told not to, don't mix with you, don't marry, uh, you know, don't intermarry, all kinds of stuff. This was people, black people all over the world like us. So I don't think we were aware until like the last 25 to 30 years that, you know, what all the by the diaspora, you know, and it and Africa itself. And so I think we just wanted a sense of connection and we didn't understand that, wow, you know, it's people like that don't really, you know, like care for it doesn't mean you don't love people because because there are a lot of people in the diaspora who respect African American culture, understand it's a culture, understand um, who Black Americans are, and don't say we don't have a culture and don't say horrible things like that. There are people who do appreciate the culture, but. around the world, but I think now we're just now coming into understanding in the last 30 years that we are a culture and that we have to set some boundaries because people will start to believe, like, you know, (laughs) like, you know, you can speak for that experience, like, you know, and so trying to see what I'm trying to say here. We we as black people, because we when we come from those different things, we're trying to attach to other groups and stuff, we didn't realize who we were. It's like we didn't realize how powerful, we didn't realize our image was going all around the world and that people were thinking that our culture was cool because that culture came out of pain. Like blues came out of pain. Negro spiritual came out of playing gospel music. You know, it was like we like we 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 knew, you know, we knew there was a greatness, but we didn't understand it in the context of who we were on this continent and the history that uh, that made makes us truly Americans. I I, I really you know I always say. Um, we were, you know, you have these black people who come over to this land, the experience of coming over to the land, different parts of the, uh, from Africa, and they're told you can't learn to read, you can't learn to, you can't learn to write, and they don't know the language. And they're put on farms with people, they are uh, plantations with people, uh, from other parts of the continent of Africa, and they like they're thrown into this world that they don't know, and they have to learn to live in it and learn the life. The powerful, and then not only that, they have to contend with the idea of somebody not calling you human. It wasn't just a like a situation of peasants and stuff like that. It was not even a situation of just slavery. They America introduced the idea of race based chattel slavery. <laughs> right? And so calling somebody three fifths human and uh seeing black people think they were uh they were property and 
less than and beatings and rapes and breeding. When you come from that kind of energy, it just creates something different. (laughs) You know, it it, it creates a very different thing, and it's something that only the people that have sit on the land for several centuries who were born in it or who lived in it a long time understand. And to me, that we created a culture out of all that. When they would throw, you know, it's so funny. I, 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 I don't, I know a lot of black Americans. I'm, <clears throat> I, I was very connected to my family down, down south, but a lot of African-Americans have grown out of certain things. You know, they think they should give for stuff. Some people suck. And it's not some that think they should give. Some people just don't like it and stuff like that. But in the slave trade days, you know, they would, you know, they throw out how deep we were as a state throw out the scraps and crap to black American people. And black American people with that scraps and crap created soul food. They would create, they created like, Stuff like I remember in the seventies, like sixties, seventies, they be eating chitlins and stuff like that. We still eat chitlins, okay? You know, a lot of black people be claiming they don't eat chitlins, but I tell you, if we cook chitlins on Christmas and stuff, they be first thing to go. I don't know, I don't know who be they. Be, I don't know who magically be in there eating them, and everybody claim they don't eat them, but but you know, a lot and a lot of southern people sometimes still do. If you still know how to cook them, most people don't know how to cook them. <laughs> a ham hock. But we created, <clears throat> we we did we we did magical things with crap, and it's it's the same thing we did we did whatever they gave us that was harsh and horrible. We turned to, we made they we made lemons out of lemonade. We made, uh, I mean, we made them making us work and making our ancestors work in the field. Our ancestors turned into Negro spirituals, which would eventually. Uh, uh, go to gospel and then create. Uh, I mean, we go to blues and create blues and R and B. I mean, all kinds of things. Now, not to mention the the powerful um, knowledge that Black Americans had about agriculture, uh, creating things in uh, um, in the from slavery to the. 20th, early 20th century. Very amazing. So, <clears throat> with all that I say, we're very much a culture. And um, I have always been insulted. I have always hated <laughs> when people just attach onto it, right? Like, you know, like, because I'm like, my ancestors went through too much for you just to be able to say, you know, like, <laughs> we. We black people, I'm like, no. I mean, you, we black, we all are black, but like trying to say, we, when we, 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 everybody tries to attach onto the black American culture. And I'm like, no, we have to create balance. It doesn't mean we don't love other people. It just means that this is, a, it's just like, you know, uh, it's just a specific group that I think has to appreciate and love ourselves a little bit more. And tonight, more than anything that the BC Awards, I see that there is a need. Listen, I would, let me just say this. I say there is a need for ADOS, FDA, all of y'all. I know y'all don't get along. But listen, anybody who is just 
specifically because what I think is going on, like, I love, like, Yvette Carnell, and Yvette is one of my favorites to listen to regarding, you know, ADOS and, and stats and race, and, I, and I'm getting to the BDP Awards, but stats and seeing and looking at us as a culture, I feel like she brought the conversation back to the table, her and uh, Antonio and others about reparations because nobody was talking about it, you know, making that huge thing out of the wording. But I also like to read I also like um, uh, uh, other people um, uh, in the group. And I feel like that one of the things I say, my personal opinion, just my personal opinion, not that I know everything, but one of the things I think they – they do so well is, is in talking about ADOS is the stats and stuff, but one of the things I don't think they do well, Yvette and them, is because sometimes with, sometimes I don't think we realize <laughs> where our people are at. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so intelligent. They have such stats and stuff like that. And, and sometimes our people need to just establish self-identity and border and, and, and boundaries. And, and stuff like that first, and and then they can deal with the rest. It, and I think that's a, a, a been a, one of the great things I think they tried to do, but it's also done with a lot of stats. And then when you have somebody like Tyreek come through who simplifies the message, and I know they don't like Tyreek and they have a little I think Tyreek does a great job of simplifying. Sometimes people don't understand that, that everybody has different parts, even though they don't kind of get it, but whatever. We have in our I, we we really have to see that nowadays because um, I just think that there is not um, some globalism. And tonight was show me more about globalism. Tonight was the BET Award. <laughs> uh, with the influx of globalism, I have said this before on the show, and I will say it again: if hip hop survives it is going to become something else. And Black America, they've already started the march to make Black America, to erase the complete eraser of traditional Black America. Pretty soon, Black America will be, uh, will be saying Black America is civil things, okay? <laughs> will we, will we? And which Black America is in some ways, you know what I'm saying? There is people from the diaspora but there has to be, but there is this idea of wanting to, because when black America starts to say, hey, we're aid off with traditional black America, not everyone from the diaspora, but a lot of y'all get uncomfortable because you feel like, oh, wait a minute, we can't play both sides. I can't wave my flag over here. And <laughs> it's not that. It's just that we have, I think black people have always understood me as different. But we just didn't understand how to say that. And I feel like tonight, looking at the BET Awards, that those boundaries need to be there more than ever before. And uh, not that we can't all love each other, not that we can't all celebrate black people all over the world. I love black people, okay, no matter where you at. But I also believe my people have to take time to protect what's theirs. What they not protect what's theirs, but protect what we created. And to make sure that we're good stewards of it as it is shared with the world. Because we have not been good stewards of it, and now it's all over the place, and everybody's saying, and everybody is trying to create a narrative 
for something that is very much our culture. And even you, especially, listen, black celebrity, even black ADOS celebrity is to me right now, uh, black FDA celebrity, let me just say black traditional black American celebrity has very much sold out in these levels. They, They do not, they're always behind. They don't understand. And they don't understand until it's too late. Like, they don't understand until if they've been replaced and erased. And then they're coming to us and saying, well, we got a protest. And we're like, you tried to tell y'all that 15 years ago. <laughs> so it's, it, it's uh, and it's not the people in the diaspora issue. It, the, problem, the issue is between us and a world that has been set against Black America. And so... There are a lot of people throughout the diaspora who understand that, who are allies with Black America. I mean, I listen to a guy right now that's on, um, comes on, um, uh, on YouTube. His name is TV Hip Hop. He's so dope. He's a he's he's a first generation Haitian American, and he is so down for Black Americans and understanding politically their their thing and in being and in, and has an ally. He, 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 and, and has a fellow black person, he gets it. I mean, you know, and it's like, I'm like, good man. I mean, he is constantly, you know, I mean, I think he's one of the jewels to black America, you know, really, truly uh, loves and respects the, respects the culture. Does not feel threatened that we, we we create boundaries and we say we are a culture. You know, it's all, it's just a danger for us to say that today. But I feel like more than ever before, after watching this award show, that we need to do so. And um, and that way, when people when guests come into hip hop or any other musical genre that is from um, from Black American, the Black American experience. Uh, that we be able to set the standards. We say, hey, this is what our culture meant by it. How you take it and use it is important. You know, you can add pieces of your culture to it and stuff like that. We People do it. But th- there is a standard that we set. And we're your guest. And here is the blue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think that that we we just we haven't been allowed to do that, and I'm hoping that it's not too late for us to do that. Um, so, getting to the BET Awards, why I say all of this? Uh, it, they didn't have no. I thought they was gonna announce Tyler Perry. I thought Tyler Perry, but I forgot about the writer strike. <laughs> so yeah, I knew that's probably why they didn't have a host tonight. Uh, so it must be true that Tyler Perry, the rumors out here is that Tyler Perry is bossing and other people who are trying to buy BT, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit tonight, are blocking at the $3 million price tag. People are like, really? I mean, $3 billion price tag. They're like, really? This thing been fledgling, and y'all still want to own a part of uh, the, the, uh, the other group still wants to own. I forget who owns BT now. I think uh, Viacom or whatever still wants to own a certain part of it. It's not Viacom. It's Viacom because they bought Viacom, but I forget the name of it. But the the person would take the majority stake into BET, right? 
But they're saying, hey, this is an operation that's not doing well. You know, you're asking for a lot, for $3 billion, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, considering, um, <laughs> you know, the kind of structure we're living in now and cable and TV and streaming and all these things, and I don't know how well BT plus streaming I hear wasn't doing that good. I don't know. But so I mean, yeah, so that's probably with that. That's what you told me. so maybe that that still has not been finalized yet, okay? But um anniversary of hip hop, it reminded me a lot of why I had to talk about the history of black America, why I had to talk about uh who we are as a people because I think that all across the country, like I said, New York, very different vibe from the Midwest, from the South. Uh, depends, And it's East Coast, South is very different from, you know, South, South. I mean, just, you know, Southwest. I mean, you know, it's a very uh, different vibe. And I think um, <laughs> you know, like I I think now it's, uh, I really think hip-hop is going to, they haven't had a number one album. Um, I think because the powers that be, my personal opinion, is killing it. I I, I listen to a guy named Forno Fame sometimes. I don't agree with everything he says, but I do like him a lot. And one of the things, I mean, he's been saying on this show, like, hip-hop is gone. It's dead. And I kind of got that energy, too, because it's, Oh, it's become so, <laughs> I mean, so many things now. I'm like, it's not recognizable. Because they had old and young tonight, old, young, old, young, old. And they were doing that for a reason, I think, um, to try to help the youngins out. Because some of the youngins, Oh my God, the the looks that were at the BT Awards, it is just oh my God. <laughs> the 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 part fashion. Uh, I really like Buster. My grandmother loves Buster. My grandmother, she's Pitbull has now taken his place a little bit, but my grandmother, I think, low key used to have a crush on Buster Rhymes years ago. <laughs> So I called her and I asked her, hey, Buster Rhymes is getting the uh, 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 the uh, honors that uh, Lifetime Achievement Award at BC. She said, oh, I got to turn around. You know, he, he was getting big. I said, no, girl, he done lost some weight. She said, well, let me turn it on. <laughs> Hilarious to me. Okay, and she said, oh, he like cut his hair. He look, even, he look even nicer. I'm like, oh, Todd, please. This is hilarious. So, yeah, so. Yeah, I really, I you know, I here's the thing. Uh, I liked a lot what he had, a lot of some of the things he had to say. Uh, even though I think the old school, and I understand why they did, they lied to the youngest and be trying to tell them they did and stuff like that. I be like, you know, I be like, some of y'all can't rap, you know, somebody needs to tell the truth. <laughs> but I think uh, I love what he said about the OGs in the neighborhood and stuff teaching uh, you how to do things right and stuff like that. 
I like what he his story he told. I thought that was very good. Uh, I thought I thought it was also very good that he he uh, he told about his Caribbean background, his uh, um, and how people uh, like Chuck D and and Big Daddy Kane and stuff like that. You know, t- uh, taught him things and coming from that area. And he and he felt like the younger generation. Don't don't be separated from us because you need to hear us. And plus, they ain't done. They can't they ain't done. I hate when people make hip hop. One of the things I hate is hip hop trying to make hip hop just a youthful culture because you know, um, I I think y'all y'all finish my complete my thought. Yeah, know sometimes out here I be noticing I'll be complete my thoughts. I'll be listening to that. I'll be. <laughs> I'll be jumping all around. But uh, we but I don't know if I completely thought about. Uh, hip hop being um, uh, about Generation X being that one generation that I feel is going to be, always be useful because we sit between we introduce I can see Generation X at 70 in the club dancing to uh, hip hop, certain hip hop <laughs> not in the club but in there at their home, a picnic or a home, home thing you know uh, dancing to uh uh, uh, partying into uh, hip hop songs and stuff that no other generation I think will be able to do that. <laughs> I mean, do that. It's just in, in, engrossed in that plus the old school and stuff. You know, but I was laughing though tonight. I was looking at my, I was on Facebook of my dad. <laughs> I'm going to share this post. I'm going to share it too. My dad was, uh, my dad is always out, okay? Like in his strider stuff. My dad is forever young, okay? And so he's out at his striders uh, club and stuff like that. He's always partying. He have his red hat, his red thing. I mean, I can see this. He's he's always young. He's never he's never. He, I, my dad is never getting old. Okay. And so uh, I see this is I see Generation X like this in some ways. Um, and uh, we stand in a strange place in time. We're small but mighty. <laughs> We're the last generation that understands what it's like for the phone line to be busy, but yet we understand technology, but yet we uh, we came through, uh, we're the generation born a little bit after the civil, civil rights movement, and um, we're still close enough to touch it. We, we, we still are the, are the generation where your parents, uh, you know, you you were very cross generational. If you grew, you know, you grew up with your grandparents and stuff like, and your parents could have parties and they control the music, stuff like that. We are the we're the last stuff. And we've been through a lot of stuff now. <laughs> but, but I mean, I think I feel like we are special, and so I feel like to to lock out people like Busta Rhymes or other rappers and stuff from uh, hip-hop because you think they're a certain age is too crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because I see, I always talk about it here, I see Mick Jagger and all them out here. Mick Jagger be about 85 years old running around on stage, okay? And so nobody, they be packing out them stadiums. So nobody got nothing to say, okay? Sing all of them. 70-some-year-old sing, yeah, I hear people be packed. Okay, they will pack. They will pack the Jeff Leopard, Bon Jovi, Rock and Roll is supposed to be a useful thing, 
uh-uh. Them, all them dudes, old white dudes, is at the top of their list uh, on Forbes and stuff for this year. Okay, making more money than a lot of rappers <laughs> and the hip hop. So I, you know, I appreciated what he said. He said, plus uh, they still look good and y'all can they can still bust ass. I agree, you know. So I I thought that was, I I love his speech. I like the performance, all of that. I think that was cool. Um, I, that's probably the highlight for me of these people. <laughs> Other, other. I like some of the old school artists. I like Warren G coming out. Uh, it was so many old school uh, people. Oh my God, they had so many people. But uh, I did see this meet this thing of just trying to. Um, I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird energy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm mixed on it. Okay, but. Let me read USA Today talked about it. It says the 2023 BT Awards celebrated 50 years of hip hop. The tribute to the genre's earliest voices, late legends, and new talents during a performance pack show that consistently felt like a party. Uh, Sunday's biggest surprise was a rare public uh, performance by Quavo and Offset and the surviving members of Migos who did a rendition of Bad Bad and Bougie in front of the image of Takeoff. He died in a shooting last November. He was 28. <clears throat> B.E.T. Do It for Take, the duo are shouted near the beginning of their set as their backdrop sits in the image of a space shuttle to one of takeoff point in the air. Okay. So I can show whether it was Tupac and Curtis Beard, Biz Marky, or Pop Smoke, performers and MCs, MC kicked the prepaid homage to late hip hop stars, often by quickly highlighting a taste of their best known hits. Okay. In a show where awards are few and far between, C and B C kept the emphasis on music. Okay, uh, they talk about Busta Rhymes, and, and I love that Diddy and Janet and Chuck D, Missy Elliott, Pharrell Williams, and Y Kelly, all these people uh, recorded tribute uh, to <clears throat> Busta Rhymes. But I love this that he put in that parts of his Caribbean culture. I like when people tell what they are. Okay, I like when people don't. Let me tell you why. Because a lot of people try to hide and play games and stuff like that. That's what these politicians be out here doing, too. You know, you got a lot of politicians. That's why I say black people. It's not that we, let me just sit in sideboard. It's not that we can't vocal in the diaspora uh, for uh, uh, black American politics. We actually put a black king in office, okay? We <laughs> did, okay? I mean, you know, we haven't even had one of us in office. Who are a, who's a descendant of slaves? But there's nobody in Black America who's traditional Black America who's set at the high office yet of President RVP. Kamala Harris is what like a three a third Black or something like that, and she is uh, she is from uh, Jamaica and uh, and her parents are from India, and she's brown Indian. Which that's why I said I wanted us as Black people to understand where because sometimes we're not understanding what we're voting for. Sometimes we think, oh, they went to Howard, child. They went to Howard. Keep it AK, Kiwi, all that. Y'all know the stuff y'all be saying. Okay, but it doesn't listen. That doesn't make you, it is important to understand where somebody's from, how they grew up, how they see things. Because her family, you know, India is a caste system. Okay? So how do they view uh, race and class? She is not, she does not have your, even though she's been in America, so lived in, she lived in Canada for a little while, stuff like that. 
So she does not have the traditional black American experience, ADOS experience. So sometimes you're looking at people and you're not, you're wondering why things aren't getting done and stuff like that because they, they, what she's done is attached on to black American culture and said, erase the idea of lineage. She just said, hey, I'm black. I get y'all. I went to hate Howard. I went to <laughs> You know, you're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right? But a lot of us, we 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 assume that experience is like us. But tonight, Buster Ron said something I thought was very powerful. He talked about that he was he growing up in a Caribbean household. Some of the things he learned in a Caribbean household. He very much pointed out that he grew up in a Caribbean household, which is very distinctly different from my African-American household, okay, a traditional black American household, okay. And households across the United States are different. Traditional black American households are different from, uh, from, from times all share a cult. We do share a culture with each other. We do share, like, Caribbean people share a culture, right? So we do have a so, so I love that he gave us gave you an idea of where he's from, and that's why when you hear Buster say something, because I've heard Buster and Angie, you know, I've been going like, huh? but but that's that you understand that which I've already known that he's from a Caribbean background, like Maxwell. When I hear Maxwell talk, I be sometimes saying, okay, I can tell, <laughs> you know, like I can tell that that he did not grow up in a traditional Black American household. Like there are certain things he do. I mean, you know. And I'm like, you might know black people. You know what I'm saying? It's just uh, certain things you just be like, oh, my. You know, like, they, they, culturally, you're different. Even though you may have adopted a lot of black, because black America is a dominant culture. And at the time when they were coming up, not now in New York City, but at the time when they were probably coming up, Buster Ronson and black America was a dominant culture probably within New York City. At that, I mean, the dominant culture of black people, right? It's probably more traditional black than Adolf, uh, FBAs living here than anyone and little sprouts of people from the diaspora. And so you probably, you, you, you couldn't help but learn about the culture. It's on the radio. It's on this and that. It's on that. But, and you learn the lingo and you learn, uh, 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 we talk about barbecues and picnics and stuff like that, but it's very different from growing up in it and stuff like that and understanding it. Unless you all were around them or adopted by them, which a lot of people were, some people were. But I like that he made that distinction, uh, and I thought it was important. From and that's why I want us to get in there because we're entering a new foot, a new phase in America, where we're going to have to see and understand people, especially in voting musically, all kinds of stuff, in ways that we haven't before, because I think a lot of black Americans, sometimes we just think, oh, they, everybody black, or someone, everybody is black, but we don't understand there are cultural differences, there are, um, um, I can say it, um, cultural differences, and uh, different ways in which we live, so we need to be able to understand people's background. Even if, especially as important as in voting for people, it's just like when I talk about when I talk about Westmore in uh, over in where's he in? Where's Westmore at? Is it what where is he at? Let me get. I forget where he's Virginia. I forget where he's. 
and I'm 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 hoping I'm tying this to y'all off of the BC Awards that y'all are understanding. It. But um, he's Maryland. I think he's a what's he? What's he? Uh, he's the governor of Maryland, okay? Most black people probably in Maryland, even the wealthy ones in the upper class, and so, most of them probably did not see Westmore as a uh, uh, first generation. And he probably didn't probably sell himself out there. I think he's first generation Caribbean. Caribbean uh, I think this is Jamaican. He. I think he is a dark, he, uh, an African-American Boston. Moore was born in Tacoma Park, Maryland, to William Wesley Moore, Jr., an African-American and a broadcast news journalist, and Joy Thomas Moore, an immigrant from Cuba and Jamaica, an immediate professional. So he's half African-American, okay? And he grew up as, now, I've heard different things. I've heard that he's a school, his parents are both immigrants, but that could be wrong. But if so, he still has grown up in a very different house. A daughter of immigrants from, uh, uh, his mother was Cuba and Jamaican, okay? So that shapes his experience of the African-American life very differently. And so we wonder sometimes, why um, when we vote people in the office or when we see certain things in hip-hop and we're like, that's strange or, <laughs> or something like that, you know, we're wondering why we're not seeing results in our politics. Sometimes we're seeing uh, our, the genres of music or different things that we created throughout culture be redefined, reestablished, because a lot of times we are voting on people and we are inter- we're allowing people to come in and redefine ourselves or who we are as a culture who really don't, who have not grown up in your culture or who don't understand who may understand it as an outsider looking in. Or some people may very well, there are some people who do understand it. Like, you know, there's some people who have embraced African-American culture and have embraced themselves around African-American people and stuff. But we have to make sure that people un- have an understanding of that standard. And I think that to, because BET Awards Night showed me in so many ways that globalism has come in in the African-American community and it's erased boundaries and standards that we have set as a community and that we need to keep in place to the work of Black America moving forward in the United States and establishing itself as a group, establishing ourselves in economics, establishing ourselves in business, and everything else. And that has to, and it has to be, as descendants of American slaves, we have to do that. a different standard than somebody from Jamaica. You know, they can they can come in and be with us and be allies with us in that standard. But here we have to establish who we are as a group of people so that we can see that we're progressing in this place that we haven't progressed in in so long. And so I'm hoping y'all seeing the connection to um, – because – 
even at what sometimes a lot of times immigrants understand is that you know we understand sometimes certain things about white white America, the white racial part of America, white prejudice part of America. Not all white people are prejudiced, but the white the power structure, and sometimes they'll move uh, immigrants faster uh, up the up the ladder than they will traditional Black Americans because. They'll say, oh, you can teach the rest of them how to behave, or you can teach the rest of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, you guys are less rowdy, or you guys are less this or that. And stuff. You know what I'm saying? So they will do, that will happen from time to time. You know what I'm saying? So we as black people get that. You know, you, you have some powerful black um, uh, uh, African Americans who, um, who didn't always behave. You know what I'm saying? But that is sometimes the standard. So I just feel like even we have to understand what's going on even in the entertainment world, not just as well as politics, but in the entertainment world too when it comes to our uh, culture. Because not everybody's a Marcus Garvey. You know what I'm saying? Like Marcus Garvey was a Jamaican, but Marcus Garvey engulfed himself into the African-American community. He, he, he took, he, he, it became his, adoptive group of people. You know what I'm saying? He really uh, uh, tried to, and it, it, it was uh, in trying to be an ally and a very powerful one. So, but I think also, but I think that we need to understand this uh, new age of globalism we're in more than anything, not only in the in, in politics, but in entertainment also. So I hope y'all catching that. I hope y'all getting what I'm saying. All right, so also at the BT was it says, all right, I'm going to, uh, okay, you see Buster Lyon, they come by him. Uh, energetic tribute, crime follow, empty send-off, the things that were there. Uh, elsewhere, too, old school hip-hop heroes and modern stars mixed it up on stage, performing tracks, celebrating rap, most influential cities and innovation. And I was, and like this, they had a lot of people, like I saw a lot of old school, like, you know, you saw old, old school reggae stars and stuff like that. Uh, Black American music has always incorporated or invited other groups of people into the Black American experience, but I feel like back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, there was more control and more of a standard to what we see. Now it's something different happening, and I think we need to understand when they say uh, we do it for the culture, what culture are you talking about? (laughs) You know, we need to understand and establish what is that culture, you know. So uh, it says, um, uh, for Atlanta, Gigi ripped through, they know. T.I. hit 24s and Master P did no limit soldiers and to make them say, uh. And for hip-hop, the reggae influence to make them Dougie Fresh, to make us Dougie Fresh and Little Vicious did an acapella version of Freak, Mad Lion performed Take It Easy and Patra Nail, Romantic Power. Uh, so Freak from them a Tupac, Hail Mary, for Tease, a class post on West Coast rap, uh, Warren G's regulate, yo yo, you can't play with my yo yo. Yo yo look good. Say that, girl. Yo yo was not playing. Okay, she came to play no game. She completely, as the young kids say, she ate. She looked good. Okay, the body was banging, girl. I saw you. I saw you. <laughs> uh, Tigger's Rack City and E40 Chummy went to go and old uh, to trap. Started with Caprice, then in the late Pop Smoke Dior, before Keith Mill, uh, Fanato, and Yin Yang Kings did Wait, the Whisper Song, 
I didn't hear him to sing along, and a few hopped on stage while the PNC light kept the host hot host a show moving. It was, and, you know, I thought that, let me just say, I like them, the, the, the pre and MC Light, I like the idea of it, but I actually thought, listen, this is the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, okay? Y'all got one of the biggest stars in hip-hop who crossed over to movies. I know he slapped somebody at the Oscars, because, you know, in hip-hop awards, you just get it, you know, you, y'all should invite Will Smith. Y'all should have let, let Will Smith, it would have made sense to ask Will Smith to host this award. He, would have, he won the first Grammy for a rap. It would just made sense. He's the first big movie star, crossover uh, movie star from hip-hop. I mean, you know, come on, y'all. y'all you said, that would have been me. And Will can work without teleprompters. I mean, work without uh, writers. Just, you know, all you have to do is come out and announce up next or whatever. You know, it don't take much like that. Okay? Uh, so, but, yeah, I hate that. I think they missed that opportunity because I thought Will would have been great. I like having a Will, somebody like Will and Queen Latifah together because they're both possible. Uh, Will and Ice Cube or something like that. It would have been neat. That would have been neat to see. Okay, but it also had a hitch during Patty LaBelle performing the show uh, running nearly. I thought it was funny. Let me just tell you, I thought it was funny Patty doing Tina Turner. Dedication. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you why I'm laughing, okay? There's a reason why I'm laughing, okay? Because Patty told the shady story years ago about Tina. People assumed it was Tina, okay, about how she, she met Mick Jagger or something like that. People just assumed it was Tina. I don't know. But my impression was that Patty, you know, wasn't too far though of Tina. But I laughed. I said, look, I said, look at Patty out there. This is my, this is Carolina series. Patty out there, uh, 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 singing and dancing on Tina's uh, tribute because she's like, I lived all you bitches. Okay, Aretha with your smart ass. You know, Aretha used to do smart ass shit to Patty. <laughs> Tina, oh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I'm glad it's a still fit. It's a few others, a few others. Diana, too. they like, we still here. <laughs> okay, so I thought it was funny, Patty singing, but I didn't like the song Patty chose. Uh, simply the best. I'm going to tell you what I really thought Patty should have done. Something slow, because Patty can't move, you know, like uh, private dance or what's slow got to do with it. Something slow that she didn't have to move around that much. Or uh, even though Patty be dancing in concert, child, okay? But or she should have did uh, a two people. Ooh, Patty would have two people up. Two people got to uh, stay together, love one That's one of my favorite Tina Turner songs. Love one another, save it for a rainy day. Ooh, two people got to stay, whatever. Oh, Lord, I love that song. This is a power. That's one of Tina Turner's most powerful songs. And I like that, that another one too by Tina, Never in Your Wildest Dreams or whatever. This song, it was like, it was like, it's that, I forget what album it was. It was, it was it's, the album's called, I think, Title Wildest Dreams. But I laughed my ass off when I saw a Patty coming out. I was like, sweet, for real? <laughs> Even though I knew it last night, but it was funny to see it, right? But uh, yeah, they had some problems with, I guess, and, uh, uh, and here's during Patty LaBelle's performing and the show running nearly for four hours, particularly noteworthy for an event scheduled in the midst of ongoing Hollywood's writer strikes that just by singing Money Longer, she introduced Callie in her TikTok hit area code. I, I'm going to take, can I take a, take a sidebar about the writer strike? And listen, I'm a person who thinks, um, 
I understand the importance of rises and getting paid and everything like that, but I just really, I'm worried for them because streaming AI, and Hollywood moving outside of the Hollywood boundaries, entertainment moving outside of the Hollywood boundaries, these little iPhones and phones that can record and make films and oh my God and the uh, the little uh, a writer in uh, Nebraska now can write a powerful can be a writer and write a powerful story and be through the medium of YouTube or the medium of um, of other things. Now, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you get everything you should. I think it's a tough thing. I won't be honest. It's a new day. How Ooh, I hate it to say it. I don't want to say it. And I, and I, you know, I know they want to say, I don't want to be the bad guy. Because I, I, I understand. You know, being an actress, but I also am a realist. It's tough. Streaming. It's not just streaming, but it's also all these other doors and avenues that are now opening. Now, that little block in Hollywood that just that those writers and that group and stuff, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if y'all that important. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm saying, like, because y'all used to, used to just pull y'all from pools in Hollywood, you know? But now there's people all over the world that can present stuff at these camps, festivals, and these different things. Oh, my God, it's getting, it's getting tough. It's getting tough. If y'all get it this time, I don't know how, how, how long it will be before something else comes out, especially with the end the AI is a scary ish. Okay? AI is really scary. Okay? So I, you know, it's a different beast. So I hope, you know, I wish them luck or whatever, but I mean, I see, and we, we see some cement. I might talk about that a little bit later on into the show, but uh, yeah, it's crazy out there. But it says LaBelle honored late Tina Turner with performance of her hit, The Best, telling the audience at one point she couldn't see the words. I'm trying, y'all, she said before, powering into the chorus. A master of the UC verse opened up the show at Los Angeles Microsoft Theater. I missed that. Before it jumped into a quick history lesson, Capri walked the audience through a melody of the earliest days of New York City's 80s rap culture, featuring the Trigger Hill Gang rappers Light, MC Light, Sassassar, D Nice, Tommy D Nice, and Big Daddy Kane's Raw, into a partial cover of Just a Friend, and Homage to the late great Dears Marcy. I remember we, when we were young. We all had questions on Big Daddy Kane. We thought Big Daddy Kane, you can tell us. Listen, we thought Big Daddy Kane was fine. I remember when I first went to see Big Daddy Kane, I was like, damn. Yeah, like, so back in his day, he was good looking. You know, he's, he's still good looking now, but he was like, you know, he's back. <laughs> and stuff like that. He thought D Nice was cute too. Special Ed, oh my God, he used to think he was cute. Uh, who are, it, was, it, was just, it was just a few rappers back then that he thought was really cute. I was really, oh, when I was young, early on, I was really into hip hop. I really, I used to go to all the rap concerts. 
I remember going, I told you I saw the original, the original Cinderella. I went to one big, I was going to rap concerts when I was 13 and 14, okay? So I saw the Fat Boys in their height. I saw everybody run DMC, DC Boys, you know, I used to go every time. I used to go to rap stuff all the time. I was crazy. When I went to college, my freshman year of college, I had so many rap CDs and stuff. And so I started really trying to change within the church. So I started trying to clean out my rap thing. And I remember I gave somebody, like, a whole bunch of rap. They was like, what? You want to get me out of here? I was giving away to, like, some of my cousin rap or whatever. But I don't think I gave away, like, my, my clean teeth and stuff and everything. But, boy, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, I was, boy, I was really, I loved Hip hop. I was at all kind of rap concerts. It was a dangerous thing back in the day to go to a rap concert, concert during the crack era all over the United States. <laughs> thank God I survived, but oh my God. I remember one night, true story, okay, I was uh, at a concert. Me and some of my friends, we can see this rap concert at 16, 17, 17. I've met so many rappers, okay, y'all. I cannot. I'm telling you, I was young. I used to meet them all, okay? I was not like, she was a goofy. I was not a goofy. But I remember people used to think that we were. Because my group of friends, they'd be like, dang, y'all be meeting everybody. But we really weren't. We just was just young girls who wanted to meet different things. Like, let's go try to meet such and such. I went and we would actually meet people. We couldn't believe when we would meet people. But, um, and I, that's why I tell y'all, it was, it was wild in the 90s. They was all trying to be wild shit, shit stuff with children. <laughs> okay, but I remember meeting, uh, who was it? Uh, I thought I was, maybe I was 18. I might have been about 17 or 18. I can't remember. I was legal, I think. <laughs> I wasn't messing with nobody, but I'm just saying I was legal. I think uh, I went to uh, this concert, and this afterwards, uh, I think it was a public enemy concert, and at the time, I used, I had met public enemy like a couple of times, <laughs> like two or three times. And I remember, uh, I can remember this. I I I remember uh, I used to have a big crush on Chuck D, but I was so young, you know, I didn't really pay. But I remember, uh, he, uh, was it was it Flavor Flavor was so nice. I'm serious. He he really never. He never, I met him like maybe three times. He never tried, never been tried to, like, he wasn't trying to holler like that. He was just cool, like cool. Ever he had his little daughter with him. I will never forget his little daughter. It was afterwards, they were at this thing in Kansas City. It was, I can't remember. It was years ago. I, it was, it was like so, I was young. I was very young. I was so young. I'm telling you all this. But I remember doing his daughter's here. I was sitting on a car outside of the things all around him that I had met him before. I met him a couple of times. I remember him because he, he, when I met him, he called me Kay. He didn't call me, he called me Kay. And I was doing his daughter's I was about 17 or 18. I did not have any relationship with him or nothing like that. He was mad cool. I remember I was trying to get them to come to something. I was, because I was doing what I was, when I was getting my choice to do, try to do things for my school or because I was working on a newspaper staff and all kind of stuff. So I was trying to get them to do the thing at my school. And I remember he had given me these numbers to his agencies and all these different things and so I could help try to try to get it done. But my school was like having problems with publishing or whatever. So, but 
I remember he was just so mad cool. Like, he was mad cool. And I remember that night coming out of a concert. Like, he was that, that, that concert. And it was after this concert. I was doing his daughter's hair. There's something going on with his hair, her hair. I was, I got a comb of, I don't know, I had a, in my purse, and I think I was combing her hair. So he had his daughter. I think it was his daughter with him. She was really little. And I remember doing, uh, putting her hair up or something like that. And I can't remember. It's such a long time ago. But one that he was saying somebody had got shot at the concert. I was like, yo, I remember hearing gunshots. I was like, damn, what happened? And he was talking, it was a whole bunch of people outside of this particular hotel. It was tons of people. It was like people just, people all around his car. And I remember sitting on the front just combing her hair, like come, just combing and putting it up in the front. I can't remember. It was so long ago. I was young. I think her hair was over it. I think I combed it or something like that. And I remember him saying thank you. It was years ago, okay? And so, um, and uh, I remember, like, God, going, dang, that's messed up. I was like, you know, he's going to like, no, no, but he's really crazy or whatever. Very nice, okay? I mean, trust me, I had a lot of rappers that used to try to holler. He, met, he did not. He was very cool. He was really cool people. He was really nice. A couple, three times I met him. Three times I met him. I got home that night. He was one of my friends. He got killed. He was young, a young guy. People used to love him. He could dance, everything. It was just one of the saddest things. I was like, whoa. So that's the kind of stuff that would happen at these rap concerts. And <laughs> like, I mean, they was dangerous sometimes to go to. Hip hop would be like, I think for real, like a real dangerous stage in the crack era, 80s and 90s, and then hip hop beats and stuff like that. But I just remember, I wouldn't, I meant so many rappers. I can remember meeting Rakim. I remember going, um, they had a bus or something with some friends, and it was a whole lot of people on this bus. I mean, and he, I remember the whole time, like, I was so scared of him because he did not smile. <laughs> I was like 18 or 19, but he, he was really nice. He was looking at me and said, hi, you know, you do it or whatever. But he was, he was not, he was just not. But I remember just being like, oh, like, you got smile. You know, but, uh, the, but he was really cool. But people, they were so cool that it that those were back in the day. That, I mean, it was a different time, okay? And no, don't be writing me telling me, I was not. I, tell, I, y'all, I know it's probably, I was not. Really. My grandparents would have knocked me out. But I did go like to meet people and stuff like that. And I met so many people during the time. I met, I told the story, I met Molly Ringwald that way because she was born with one of the Beastie Boys. And I used to love Molly. I love Molly Ringwald, like, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Molly Ringwald had, uh, what's it, uh, she used to have all these teenage shows, uh, Sweet 16 or Just for Peace or all that stuff, and I was like, oh my God, I thought I was at the gift shop at the hotel, and I had just met, uh, I forget what, it was some rappers, it was, I forget what the, the Beastie Boys was, I just met the Beastie Boys, I did, and she was in the gift shop, and I was like, oh! I think she was going with Mike B or something. See, and I had to go up, and she was the sweetest thing, and she signed my autograph. And I think I still have that somewhere right here. I hate to tell people when I have these autographs because people write me and ask me for these autographs that I have. People, I, people have tried to buy autographs for me. I like told them I, some autographs I've given, I put, I've given away family members to teach and stuff like that because I don't have them anymore. People were literally trying to buy stuff out of me. I'm like, yo, like, you got the Beastie Boys autographs here? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, yeah, 
I mean, it was crazy. So, yeah, the hip-hop era, I felt like I felt blessed to have been a part, like to have been able to see the hip early hip-hop era up close to be a part of that generation that got to go to those time first and got to see it close and, and got to see every, like the East and West Coast was a very different, like, group thing than the East Coast, you know. And by the time Easy and them came in, it was very different. I remember going to Easy and them shows and stuff like that. <laughs> it's very different. I was going to start... The two slot first came out with Freaky Tales and us going to the show. Funny story about Freaky Tales. I think I may have told it on here before. I ain't going to tell it now, but it was funny. Because we, I remember we were all excited about seeing two slot. Because we thought, he got to be all that to be talking that mess. So it, it was just a just a really different era, I think, than probably what the kids experience nowadays. But also it says, um, Big Daddy came to the song Rest in Peace. He invited the audience to sing along. He said, we're not being seen. Oh, and Biz Marcy, they were talking about being into a partial cover of Just a Friend and Homer to the late, great Biz Marcy. Biz Marcy, okay, I'm going to tell y'all a story, okay? Biz Marcy, I used to have these neighbors next that lived on my block. <laughs> and they used to, they were they like, they were popular. They were real popular, but they were also dealing kind of, you know what I'm saying? But Biz used to be overcome. When he come into town, he'd go over to their house all the time. I remember coming home one day, and they, people would sit out on the porch and stuff like that, porch and stuff like that. And I remember I walked in the house, and I was like, can I just see Biz Marcy out there? So I came back outside, and I looked, and our houses were close. So I needed these real well and stuff like that. And they were all laughing because I was like, yo, like, what? <laughs> and he was like, I was like, it's that big And, he, and the day they was laughing, they was like, we knew you would come back out. And I was like, yo, like, he was so cool. This was like, like maybe when just a friend, it, maybe it had been out maybe a year or two or something like that. He's just sitting on the porch. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, hey, young lady. I was like, what? I remember going just tripping out. Like, they're like, that's wow. Like, they used to have people like that come through. I don't know what we're doing, but that, it was true. I was too sorry. And I think I see this much in one other place, like in a mall or something. I met him and Jim or something like that. But it's true. I used to meet a lot of people. That's why I tell you all that story about uh, <laughs> when I was young. Some of the rappers trying to talk to you. If I tell y'all, y'all would be like, ah! But it was, I mean, like, I used to meet so many people. I mean, I met Houdini. I think I met so, I mean, I have so many stories, okay? So, yeah, I met tons of people back in those days. So it was kind of fun to see all those old two rappers and stuff like that, right? All right, Chef. Also, uh, first, uh, for all the my black girls, we do have a little fun for me, Jay. Oh, it says the cover the best new artist award went to Coco Jones, who I think deserves it. Uh, in a category which featured only female performers. Um, and then uh, Lato performed Put It on the Floor. I, you know, Lato is a lot of, he reminds me of a Beyonce uh, rapper or whatever. I don't know how I feel about the rapping. But I think the, uh, that's, that's all I can say. And then it was the fan, uh, fan feature artist Cardi B, but no, uh, but no less catchy in here with a text tribute, rest in peace, Charlie Lowe. 
uh, Tiana Spikey T. Taylor won Video Director of the Year, which was assessed by her mom. I always she called her mom on FaceTime. Uh, the show did a somber turn for its memorandum tribute to black luminaries including jazz legend Lane Shorter, The Wire, actor Les Reddick, actor and civil rights activist Harry Belafonte, NBA star Bill Russell, Houston rapper Big Tiki Pokey, who died this year earlier this month, New York rapper Ice Spice ran through a few of her own hits. Uh, I'm happy for Ice Spice. I'm just not an Ice Spice. You know, I don't like some of the girl rappers because I came from the, I guess I came from the era of when MC Light and Queen Latifah and people like that was out. I don't like sometimes, like, I don't like, I tend to not like some of the girl rappers. It's no offense to them. I like May because I think May kind of has a little hard thing. But I, you know, a lot of y'all be trying to be little Kim's babies, but little Kim can rap. <laughs> I, I'm a CK. I'm just like, I don't understand. A lot of y'all just be having conversation over whack. And I'm noticing it's a new thing. Like, somebody, we were talking about this the other day, you get a lot of girls, like, from the strip clubs and stuff. Why are strippers becoming rappers? I don't know if they're qualified. I mean, some strippers can rap, but some of these girls can't rap. But I got this. This is Little John E40. Uh, look back at how BET knows hip hop grow there, grow and thrive. Okay, and let me tell you, BET was a different thing many years ago when Bob Johnson owned it. It was another. I mean, I don't know. I remember. I remember BET used to go off the air at night. <laughs> BET used to go out the air one in the morning. <laughs> I remember having friends when we first got cable. Like, my friends used to come up and be like, y'all got BT. I remember it was like a big thing, right? And I remember, like, uh, BET going off the air. I remember video, watch like video show and a couple of stuff. And then BET, that's how old I am. And then I remember, uh, I used to love midnight. I remember we used to sit on the porch and we had to keep the door open. Like, we used to, I like, I was a, I like rock and roll too when I was young. So I loved a lot of the rock and roll stores. And I was sitting on the porch with my friends, and we had a door open at my house, and we'd be playing, like, VH1. we play some of the videos from VH1, and then we mix it with the, we'd be listening to Midnight Love. <laughs> and we'd be all on the porch hanging out, talking to some of the summertime and everything. And, I mean, we had to be, uh, we would have the we had this TV in my grandparents' house back in those days. We were like my grandparents, my grandparents had like one of the like I remember one of the first like big freeze of this block, and we we and it was bait. You know what I'm saying? We'd be outside. We and my friends we sitting on the porch, and we all my friends come up watch video so all kind of stuff. I have parties, summer parties or something. And yeah, hip hop was so hip hop was very important. But BET was a different thing then. It was a much different piece. It wasn't full of Tyler Perry, <laughs> Tyler Perry shows now on BET and BET streaming, okay? It was just, it, it was, I loved BET in the video era. I love videos, though. I used to love videos. I hate the era of music videos, guys. It really is sad. It's sad because, uh, but even though I hear they're going to try to bring back 106 and Park, and they're gonna bring back rap based the base rap base basing raps and all this stuff. I you know. I did not like the era. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I didn't like the era of one oh six and park when they still having uh, after free and AJ. I'm you know. 
No, I like Terrence J, but that's about it. After that, I just did not like the era. Free and AJ era was special. <laughs> but after that, it was like, oh, God. I like rap basement figures, okay? But, yeah, I get, get there were certain things, yeah, it was just certain things I was like about back that time about BET and hip hop and stuff like that. And MTV too. Remember MTV had MTV raps? I used to like MTV raps and stuff like that. So, yeah, pretty interesting. Okay, so uh, what else was BET Awards? Okay, so I can wrap y'all BET Awards segments up for y'all. So, basically, I told y'all what all I thought about the BET Awards. I feel like the BET Awards that now we're looking to through the lens of globalism. So I feel like black people have to understand their place. Black America, traditional black America has to understand their place, their culture, and their place in these genres of music has uh, has a home base for these genres and to start to create some sort of standard. <laughs> for uh, the music, and not only standard for the music, but standard for the award shows and stuff like that. These play, I mean, like some of these kids tonight, they've been dressing and terrible. I mean, I, I like that. This is my business. I'm just saying, you know, it wasn't, I ain't even had no, it was just a coach. It looks strange. I don't know. It looks, it's some of them look cheap. I don't know, but it's a BET award. And then I was, but, oh, let's, and let's talk about, um, who won? I forgot to talk about that for a minute, child. Let me talk about that because I know Beyonce tied with SZA. is ridiculous, okay? SZA should be pissed, okay? SZA spent 13 weeks at number one. You won't break my soul was not no. No, I said that flop, okay? You know, Beyonce, you dropped three. You dropped, like they said, 70% after the first week and six, okay? Only way what did break my soul go to on short? Somebody go to break my soul peaked at number seven on Billboard Hot One Hundred on June twentieth. And then I think it stumbled down a whole lot. <laughs> And that's because they kept playing it over and 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 over again. I remember hearing it at uh 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 what was it at a Maxwell concert? Ooh, Maxwell played it or something at one of his concerts opening before his show or something. I was like, oh my! They his wherever they somebody played it there before his art joint. I remember like, please, I feel like it's in it. I remember my head was spinning. But she had no business. There is no business that she had. To, I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you, she should not have tied the scissor, okay? Okay? Album of the year should just be scissor, not Renaissance. Now, understand, don't get me wrong. Hold on. Times I love her album to win when it's not a big sale, but it's critically acclaimed and stuff like that. Uh, Renaissance sucks. Okay, so I'm not a certain parts of Renaissance. Like, I like about five songs off of Renaissance, and where was like 17 on there? Maybe about four or five songs. It to me did not deserve to be anywhere in the category. I don't like Scissor's album whatsoever, but I can give it to Scissor that she had 13 weeks at number one. Her, she could have walked away with that album of the year, okay? In a time when it's hard to do that, okay? 
So somebody is singing like that out here, okay? Uh, next, best new artist, Coco Jones. Okay, I thought that was definitely, she should definitely my name. Um, let's see, do you have it up here? Hold on a second. Okay, I'm trying to keep the words to try to move out my list. Tizza um, Beyonce. Beyonce wasn't even as big as some of these rap girls out here this year. I just, it's unbelievable how they, I don't know. And she don't even show up at child awards ceremony. Like, why do y'all all be praising this artist who doesn't even show up? She doesn't even like to show up at child awards ceremony. She's like, <laughs> Beyonce sent a video one time. Remember that time Beyonce sent a video to BET? <laughs> I remember everybody on Twitter was passing, was having VH1 copies of Beyonce and Jay Z. <laughs> it was like playing like they had, you know, the people was putting their memes up like that. But, uh, yeah, so they had to see her album of the year. Best collaboration, Wait for You, featuring Drake and Kim. Uh, best female R&B pop artist, Tizza, I believe she should have won that. Best male R&B pop artist, Chris Brown Usher. It, she didn't have to be. I mean, why you got to I mean, really seriously. Uh, best new artist, Coco Jones. Best group, Drake and Savage, 21 Savage. Best female hip-hop artist, Lato. Best male hip-hop artist, Kendrick Lamar. Um, uh, Dr. Bobby Jones, Best Gospel Inspirational Award. Best New Maverick City, and that should definitely Kirk Franklin and Maverick City should have been that. Uh, best actress, Angela Bassett. Best movie, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. <laughs> Y'all, wow. <laughs> uh, best actress, Jason Idris. Uh, Youngsters Award, Marcy Martin. Why should she get any award? Best Sportsman of the Year, Angela Lee. Sportsman of the Year, Jaden Hurst. Wow. Why y'all give it to Jaden Hurst? I mean, Hey, I, why y'all give it to Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> BT said, nope. <laughs> y'all ain't right. I'll see what y'all did, BT, okay? That's how y'all uh, power to keep on that part. Best International Act, uh, Burner Boy, Break My Soul, Viewer's Choice Award. There's no viewers, but uh, 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 you won't break my soul in some Viewer's Choice Award. I don't believe that shit whatsoever, okay? Just gonna stop it, BT. I don't. I believe that they might still have some of them phone banks they used to allegedly have in the 90s calling, trying to vote in or something. <laughs> they might be hacking computer systems to vote in. I didn't even know nobody too much after, after a few weeks in the summer running around seeing break myself. Okay? <laughs> but the BET Awards is very interesting to me. I, I saw it has a picture of globalism being introduced, I mean, no, being full in full swing now at the BET Awards, and black people having to respect and discern what they're seeing culturally, spiritually, mentally, all of the, all of it, okay? All right, so when I take it back, I'm going to go over a couple of the stories that I know. Cause I got I to gotta watch the idol, y'all. I haven't seen the idol. I know the idol someone. I'm trying to watch the idol. I watched from last night. I don't know if some of y'all watched from. It was so good. Like, I think this is the season finale. I hate season finales, man, these days because it takes them too long to bring out the other season. I just like, I want this one to come, come on, bring it. 
<laughs> but yeah, it was really good. So I watched for, so yeah, so I need to watch the idol tonight, so it'd be interesting. All right, so uh I'll probably you know, after the show I'll probably be up late and doing idol, but I had to just all talk to y'all about the B T awards. Okay, so when I come back I'm going to tell y'all what I said about for real the other night because I don't think I heard after the, 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 the sound went blank. I thought only the I saw more of the fashion show too today, okay? So I'm going to talk about that and a little bit that and more when I get back. Meanwhile, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, let's listen to uh, Be Nice, No Plans for Love. Since it's, you know, I ain't got a lot, I ain't got a lot of hip-hop up on the thing, but since it's uh, 50 anniversary hip-hop. <laughs> Okay, this is CC so I'll be back in a moment, y'all. <laughs>
for the very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. Okay, so I just uh, noticed that um, Ice Cube had put out something this morning on his on his uh, thing on his Twitter, and I thought what he had to say. This is no wonder Ice Cube when I said Ice Cube and 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 and, and uh, Will would have been dope to host. Like um, Ice Cube to do Ice Cube Will and LL Cool J would have been nice to like host. Uh, Something like the BT, you know, or something, I mean, BT Awards or something this time. I you kind of explain some things, okay? So let me let me put, um, let me, let's, let's play IQ about why he says, and I think this is very interesting. So, child, let's listen to what IQ got to say about his situation going on right here. Hold on. Some of you may not have realized that I'm not part of the club. And a lot of you listen to me right here, right now. You're not part of the club. And what I realized with the club is what makes them so mad is when you don't want to be a part of it. club am I talking about? I'm talking about the club gatekeepers that we all got to deal with. So, what am I going to do to deal with these motherfucking gatekeepers? Well, what I'm going to do is go on a fuck the gatekeepers podcast I'm going to go talk to everybody, everybody, you know, and get a chance to get my message out to the people, um, be able to let people hear from me, you know, and, you know, you might agree, you might not, but the, the important thing. say what I feel about, what I think, and, you know, some people may get pissed off, because I'm going to talk to everybody, not quite, and um, it's going to be a crazy song, it's going to be fun, appreciate y'all, you know who they are, and they definitely Like what? Who? 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 Come on, man! Stop playing. So, ever since, ever since I put out the contract with Black America, I think it's fun. Here and there, this and that, but it's cool. I expect that. Um, you know, I've been working, you know, on a big three for a long time. That I made it. 
might say, like, well, Q, you want to work with these men? Really, I don't give a fuck about working with these guys. What I want them to do when I say work with us is to stop working against us. Stop doing that bullshit behind the scenes that we know you're doing. Um, mainstream media, you know, they ain't fucking with us. And that's cool. We can do it ourselves, you know what I'm saying? We're still on the rise without these motherfuckers. So we don't need them, you don't need them. So what am I going to do? All right, so apparently... Ice Cube is having problems out in these streets with, you know, and I know what he means when he says the gatekeepers because we already know who the gatekeepers are, okay, within show business. And, you know, they have certain black minions out there that they use because they, because Ice Cube actually came, Ice Cube was one of the entertainers who didn't go for the bullshit, okay? Because we know when y'all mofos be going for the bullshit. Okay, let me just say this, because a lot of entertainers out here, it's hard. Listen, y'all be talking about y'all admire people like uh, 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 Malcolm and Harry Belafonte. I don't, I don't know if, yeah, I'm going to say Harry. Harry Belafonte, uh, 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 who else? Um, uh, a whole, what is, uh, what, why am I going blank? about this person's name, I want to say. Um, uh, a lot of entertainers y'all put up, especially during Black History Month. Uh, um, uh, oh, my God. Uh, what is that? Uh, I am blank. Um, I don't know what. I, I'm why I'm so uh, sad. I want to tell y'all, I want to say, I mean, you know, I hate when I go blank. <laughs> but, but black, but a lot of y'all love to say uh, y'all are uh, fans of of these people, and uh, we're doing it in the tradition. And I'd be like, listen to the celebrities. I'd be like, these these Negroes don't listen to these people fully. They haven't read a book probably by. They haven't understood that some of their. Um, uh, uh, they haven't understood their um, their uh, their ideas and stuff like that fully. Um, even Dr. King and stuff like that. So a lot of people they'll put up they admire certain people. Even Harry Belafonte, or even Muhammad Ali and stuff like that. And listen, those people and a lot of entertainers who are associate who are associated sometimes with. And I ain't trying to tell you, I understand it's hard because you want your money, you want your check. I understand. But those people who were true activists, they risked a lot. They put a lot at their hands. They, I mean, they put to, to say what they believe, to really help people to advance the culture. Ice Cube, I consider one of those dudes. Ice Cube in modern times. He's one of the few celebrities who didn't get out here faking with the fucking Democrats because they, they, because we, we already know what the Democrats are. Ice Cube went to Democrats and Republicans because we understand. See, when you understand fifty years of politics in America, uh, fifty to sixty years of politics under in, under American politics, and you've been, we've been going to the Democrats trying to get something done, and they consistently. 
don't do anything. We know we 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 see the Republicans. Republicans and count us out. They basically ignore us because they know we are one party show. We are one, and we keep we we keep displaying as a group insanity by voting for these by voting Democrats over and over again. And we keep getting as a group, especially Black traditional America, we get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And now some of you are fighting. For your your uh your fighting crime in your inner cities and towns while they give fifty more million dollars and it's not their fault it's not the illegal immigrants fault so don't get that mad at them but if these powers try to give money to bring in people to replace your power and then Democrats want you and they operatives to keep going along with and it's hard like a dude like Ice Cube. Says nah, I'm gonna create a contract with Black America. Listen, yo, we I'm gonna take it to Democrats. I'm gonna take it to Republicans. Well, Democrats, but when he took it to Republicans, they actually said, okay, we're gonna read, we gonna look at it. Here we here's some things that we can do. They didn't have the best thing to do, but they had an idea. The Democrats said, well, catch me after the election. That's how crazy. And now Ice Cube because he did that and he didn't he didn't because Hollywood is ran by. Liberals. It is ran by liberals. The music business ran by liberals. The uh, uh, the the movie business is ran by liberals. Everything. And sometimes if you take a stand for something other than what the liberals want you to do, then you will be ousted. Like as he said, he's having people messing with him now because he decided I'm not going to be a gatekeeper. I'm going to be an activist. And try to act, try to show activism towards the people who put me up here. I know that black, and even even when Black America was mad, we don't because we don't understand politics. Most of us, some of us don't. About fifty-five percent of us, six, no, sixty. I'm gonna be honest. Sixty-five percent of Black Americans don't understand politics on a deep level. That's why we end up sitting in that. And we're not understanding what we're seeing in the age of globalism, new in, new black people coming in from the diaspora, uh, people on the news who you think are your background but who are speaking for you but from a different background. And all this stuff, we don't understand the dynamics that is happening to us till one day we look up, we wake up, and we find out, whoa, what's happening? We don't understand the dynamics of lineage in America. And how lineage, our lineage as black American has been under assault. So we, we, don't, we don't grasp what is happening. And we get these entertainers and, uh, and, uh, and all these people up here. I'm like, well, look, look, I'm, a, I'm an example that we've made it. No, you're not. You having... Uh, parties and uh, shows in Paris for Louis Vuitton or whatever the fuck you do doesn't show that black people need. Okay, it shows you in Louis. You you one of the people that's over there in Louis, but it doesn't show your it doesn't show your community. So I see the saying being an activist is very different, and that certain people are now because he's decided. 
I'm not going to go with the Okie Joe so I can be in the best parties and I can be in the best this and that. I'm going to do different. And that's a hard decision to make. I mean, listen, I'm going to tell y'all too. It's easy probably to be a celebrity today. You know, right now, if I'm really serious, I can get off of blog talk. I can go onto a platform, which I'm trying to go to a new platform now. But I can go to a platform now and talk a certain way and talk a certain talk and everything. And I bet pretty soon I can be picked up easily. However, it's just, you know, my spirit, man, it, I, it fights me every time I think about doing something like that. <laughs> so it's just, you know, I understand there's probably a heavy price to pay to talk to you guys about thinking outside of the box politically and not going the way that these, these elites and stuff want to get go. And it's probably going to be a price for Ice Cube to do what he's doing, okay? And so I understand completely what he's talking about, gatekeepers, and he going on the gatekeeper tour. Man, I get it. I mean, you know, it's sad. Uh, he got treated like that for speaking up. I'm a, I'm gonna play Malcolm X. I love this. Somebody had this Malcolm X post down here. Malcolm X is one of my uh, favorite uh, uh, leaders in the black community. And I, used to, I Malcolm, I thought was way ahead of his time, but it's something he says here. I think that is pretty powerful. Let me play this. There are many whites who are trying to solve the problem, but you never see them going under the label of liberal. That that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox, and a fox is almost is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to, but the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling. Take it for a friend. Many whites who act friendly toward Negroes. A fox acts, acts friendly toward the lamb. And usually the fox is the one who ends up with the lamb. Wolf doesn't act friendly. And therefore the wolf has more difficulty in getting the lamb shot in his place. I have to point out, though, that I, I, I say that because it is usually the, if you study the structure of the Negro community, economically, politically, civically, psychologically, and otherwise, it's controlled by the white liberal, who usually poses as the friend of the Negro. Uh, on the other hand, I think one could point to a large number of whites uh, who have struggled for civil rights, for equality, and have got little or nothing out of it, uh, other than... Uh, quite a few bruises. Give me an example. Well, the, the large number of, of white uh, students who have gone into the South, for example, working for SNCC and other organizations. For other organizations, but working for uh, the white uh, political machines who benefit by the voting uh, efforts of Negro. Okay. Today, you could point to a large number of, of Negro leaders who have consistently betrayed Negroes in a whole host of areas. They aren't really Negro leaders. These are puppets that have been put in front of the Negro community by white liberals. These are parents that have been put in front of the Negro community by white liberals. You can't name me a Negro leader who has been a Negro leader who has been betray, who has betrayed Negroes, who is not who has not been endorsed, sanctioned, uh, subsidized, and supported by the white liberals. Uh, 
saw Malcolm was on point. Malcolm, this was, Malcolm did that, what's it, been six, seven years ago? Listen, Malcolm was so on point. And the white liberals, white liberals, not all white liberals, but a lot of white liberals, uh, one of the things I think they've done to black America is to make black America feel like children. Like we don't know what's best. You don't know what's best for you. We do. <laughs> That's why I say the white liberals. You don't know what's Let us help you. You don't want reparations. You want symbolism. You want you want uh the, you want Juneteenth, a national holiday. That way we can get more money off of you. You don't want that. You don't want you really don't want to own your own business, several different ones of you. No. We'll put up a certain amount of you that you all have to go through, and we'll control them. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you, do you all know how to handle a business? Well, let us educate you. We'll educate a few of you, and many of you will go through. <laughs> it's always lies. It's a lie. Oh, my God. And they've been doing it for 67 years. It's the Like Joe Biden, when he was on that... Uh, did he audio call telling black leaders, treating them like children, and saying to them before the election, well, you're going to have to uh, uh, pair up with this group and pair up with that uh, because you guys are no longer in the majority and whites are not going to be this man. I mean, he was really spitting in black people's face. And what did y'all do? Y'all was so busy calling. Listen, Donald Trump, so more love to black people. I'm going to tell you, this is the truth. Before he was president, that, I, mean, I know he was piercing a lot of the uh, uh, white Republican conservative crap, but Donald Trump's history is more better with, especially black entertainers and stuff, than Joe, Joe Biden was calling black people animals, talking about people, I mean, well, he was just crying. And he was talking about people being, he's the one who wrote the crime bill. And he went to, uh, one, he, he spoke at a Klan member. He gave a eulogy for a Klan member's funeral. But yet, y'all go, and he hasn't shown that he, has, he, he's had any change. I don't care about Barack, Barack Obama. Did, did did nothing. So Obama, Joe Biden was probably Barack Obama's handler. That's just my opinion, okay? Like, I think. Uh, George Bush was handled by uh, what's this? Mr. Cheney, Mr. Cheney, sorry. Like, I don't play the dick. Like, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, come on. Y'all went out here and voted for Joe for that thing and argue with people up and down. And some of y'all still argue with people about freaking Joe. Okay, not that just Donald Trump is the best, but really, compared to Joe. Y'all crazy and Kamala Harris and we y'all wild. We get what we get. Okay? It's not the problem. If we don't wake up, we gonna get what we get. Okay? And y'all looking at all these entertain y'all favorite entertainers and y'all just agree with them with everything what they've done. So a lot of I'll be listening to someone like this. They just wanna be in they want to go get their, I understand, 
They want they ain't, they ain't really into activism. A lot of them are lying to you. They into checks. Gotta be able to see that. Okay, a lot of them is going for the check. You mad at them, you know. Everybody got to deal with, like, I'm with Ice Cube. Everybody got to deal with gatekeepers. But it's ridiculous out here what's happening. And none of those, black entertainers are an illusion. You can't trust them. Most of them, when it comes to politics, if you see them in the crowd, in the in crowd, and that's when you know, you got to be like, oh, hmm. Because, you know, they ain't gonna, they not going to say nothing. Nothing activist like not gonna be nothing activist. They gonna be. I'm just trying to be there. You know, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to go to what they say. I they say I'm supposed to support uh, Joe. I'm gonna be supporting Joe. They say I'm supposed to be supporting Kamala. I'm gonna be when Kamala showed up at my show. You know, it be all kind of crazy stuff. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like you ain't you can't they can't fight no fight. These celebrities is gonna be the first one hiding if something go down. Okay. They'd be over across the seas and, and bunkers and everything else. You, it's the hoods and the streets going to be left, okay? So they can't trust these people. That's what I say. We're going to have to just wake up and do politics better. And shout out to Ice Cube because he's one of the dudes who's risking it in some ways to have a contact with black America, to say, to step away from the groups and saying, I like a person got their own mind to say, you know what, shit, I know I'm risking a lot because Ice Cube probably got a lot to risk, okay? And, you know, he didn't be, he didn't making movies, all kind of stuff. And you know how they start messing with you when you start going outside the fray. That's why a lot of black entertainers don't always do stuff. Dr. Umar hits this on the, on the nail. Wait, let me see if I can call it Dr. Umar. Now I'm going to get to it for real in a minute, but let me see what he said. Dr. Umar says I'm pretty powerful. I know, um... Uh, because too many people are able to thrive because of your oppression. And see, this is why multiculturalism is such a trap because nobody can afford for the black men and women to rise. The Arabs can afford for you to rise. White men can afford for you to rise. East India can afford for you to rise. Hey, we don't hate nobody. But in order for black people to rise, you're going to have to piss a lot of people off. Because too many people are able to thrive because of your oppression. And see, this is why multiculturalism is such a trap because Africa, a superpower overnight, and Gaddafi had to die. And who And I would never want to trade places with them. You know why? Because having been around a lot of celebrities, black people. Uh, Black Panther movement, Black Pennies, Black Power movement, uh, Black Liberation Army, Black Pennies, every major movement we've had was built by the bottom. It was never built from the top. And I would never want to trade places with them. You know why? Because having been around a lot of celebrities, one thing I've learned, they have all the money, but Dr. Umar has all the power. They could never say out of their mouth in public, Probably nothing I've ever said out of my mouth. I've seen how enslaved they are by the money that they have. I've seen it. Black celebrities are not allowed to use their money to help their own people. All they can do is have fun. They're glorified plantation slaves, every last one. 
And I don't say that to disrespect them, but it's the truth. You are a glorified plantation slave, corporate commodity. Just like a slave 157 years ago, if you had any money, you could only use it to do what? Enjoy yourself. That's why these Negroes got 50 houses, 50 cars, 50 boats. A thousand, every pair of Air Jordan speaker that ever was made. Why do you need every pair of Air Jordan speaker that ever was made? Because you're not allowed to use your money to do nothing relevant for your community. Let me say this. Study white millionaires and compare them to black millionaires. Study white billionaires and compare them to black billionaires. You probably can't name me a single white billionaire who does not employ at least five to 10,000 of his own race. I'm going to say that one more time. You can't name me a single white billionaire, Chinese billionaire, Arab billionaire who doesn't employ at least five to 10,000 of his own race. Now show me a black billionaire who employs five to 10,000 of his own race. You know why you can't? Because the white billionaire says that my success must automatically reciprocate to my people, or I will be rejected by my people. Do you understand me? Black billionaires, they only are concerned about themselves and their family, and they simply want all the other black people to worship their wealth. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So they'll come in a ghetto with a big truck and a, and a car, right? So they can be worshipped by blacks But they don't want to empower blacks Black millionaires and billionaires Do not systemically empower Other black people Black celebrities do not systemically Empower other black celebrities White people do it as a rule of thumb We hardly have ever do it Look at Oprah No disrespect The richest woman in the history of North America Black or white, Oprah Winfrey The richest woman in the history of North America Regardless of race I don't think she employs 5,000 of her own. Black money and white money do not behave the same. <laughs> okay, and that was uh, Dr. Moore on the African web. I think that was uh, him on uh, the show, the African web. Okay, and he's a pan Dr. Moore is a pan-Africanist. I do disagree with him on some things, because um, I'm no longer a pan-Africanist. But uh, do- uh, Dr. Um, uh, Dr. Umar, what he's saying is true, mostly. I mean, you know, and, you know, even when Oprah went to, to my part of my belief is that why she started the school in Africa and she said those horrible things, that horrible thing she said that was in the paper about black kids wanting material wealth and wanting this and that, like African kids don't want. But she, she started a school in Africa to help African girls because I believe she had to. She couldn't start one here. She, was, she couldn't make the rest they wouldn't allow it. They would have tried to, they would have attacked her. I mean, I look at people like Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, before he started going over to Jackson State, Deion Sanders started, uh, tried to start a school, a black school here. If they don't have no, like a school, one of they attacked his school, they tried to find every little, that was wrong. Listen, <laughs> I, it, I mean, wrong. And in some ways, I understand the black celebrities need to be sometimes, you know, selfish and think about their own family and stuff like that. Because sometimes we be, they, they be saying the same thing. So I be getting mad at black people. be like, that's it. 
want to eat Negroes out here. <laughs> do what they want to do. Sometimes you, we be feeling that way, but uh, but the problem with black celebrity is they depend on their influence over us to in order to survive. So black celebrity wants to uh, uh, employ the community to cheer them on, but yet they don't want to do anything for the community because they're scared of their big. So the question becomes, you know, does it does it benefit us as a group anymore? To look, but I and I said I I've said this over the years on my show, and if you've been listening to my show for a long time, you know, even with Paul and we had Paul, Brandy, James, and all them on. We are one of our goals was always to break down. It wasn't that we we, we all like celebrity, we like certain, so we like music, we all used to like that everything, but we also wanted to break down celebrity because we knew we could see this move uh, sometimes to overly worship celebrity and not understand what black celebrity was. And we knew at the time when we started that they wanted things, you know, and we started from a fun place. Remember, I started the show talking about Michael Jackson. We, <laughs> we, we talked about conspiracy theories and everything. We, we have, I mean, we, you know, it was a, we had, you know, for those of you know who we started, we, how we, how the show started. Uh, but one of the goals we had when we started being an ensemble and talking politics and stuff like that, one of the goals was to break down black celebrities because black celebrities we knew were being, were replacing real uh, activism, real activists in communities. They were starting to replace because they were starting to go to celebrities to ask them their opinion instead of talking to a black activist or something like that. Uh, or, 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 or certain black activists who have become celebrities. Uh, so we knew that black celebrities were starting to be put in positions of activism that they were unqualified for and that they were going to start making celebrities like goobies in the community. And that was one of the things we were like, oh, no. You know, because we, we, one of the things we know, most black celebrities is run by tech. Most people are. You know, it's hard. When you ain't got something, and I ain't mad. I understand how hard that is and how difficult that is, but how long, I mean, can you ask for our help? Can you start asking for the community's help and and keep betraying the community? And I think Dr. Umar just hit it best about black celebrities. That's why you can't trust them. That's why I try to say, too, but I'm, I'm for them getting their own money and all that stuff, but I'm understanding that um, sometimes, not all of them, but a lot of them you, you simply can't trust in terms of getting your politics from or your um, or under, expecting them to be community oriented. It's very hard for them to do so. You know, it, it, it's very hard. And it's hard. It's just, that's why when I talked about Deion Sanders, uh, a couple, few months back on here about him leaving Jackson State. And I said, and I talked about Jackson State, and I talked about why. And I said, y'all too dependent on the Deion Sanders of the world coming down there to do certain things and stuff. And I said, it has to be community-based. Black people in the community, black people throughout your community, and we have to have start having an understanding of ourselves. We have to be the ones to build the ground. We can't depend on these people. These people are controlled, like Dr. Umar said. They can't go. They can't do too much. They're, you know, but we 
who people who are going day to day in their day to day lives. It's up to you to change the to change the narrative of politics and to pay attention to politics in 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 your uh, local city and state. And not only that, but understanding what's going on in your world, understanding uh, how uh, the Black American experience is evolving. And then us as a community making a decision collectively together, but we're so far behind. Oh my God! And we we come even further behind when we start letting these celebrities start who are controlled by certain political at political uh, groups control us. I mean, talk to us and influence us. And it's just an influence that is usually just not that, um, not that good. So this is my personal opinion on that. Okay, um, this is something I want y'all to hear too. I think. All right, all right, all right. Hey, Doctor, hey. accept the uh, possibility. Let me see if it's on here. Um, there's something about Doctor Doctor Voice Watson something about the truth about. I don't think I have it up anymore. Because too many people. Okay. You know we'll have to do that some other time. But, okay, so I told y'all, I'm going to leave that on the floor, leave that on where I was talking about. But let me get to the, some of the, the couple of the things I talked about the other day. We talked about for real. I talked about my whole idea about leave the time. I don't even know how for real got that. <laughs> But as I, because you know what I get upset about because there are black uh, celebrity often gets because celebrity what they I saw all kind of celebrities wearing Louis Vuitton tonight and which is probably because of for real and that probably translates into seeing hip hop artists will hopefully you will go out and buy stuff that you can't afford and, uh, and, and, and so you can support for real uh, do do more of the same okay. Um, I said last night, I think what I said about Pharrell being uh, head of lead, I talked about him in the million dollar bag. I talked about how Pharrell, um, I, talk, I think I talked, y'all have to go back, y'all have to turn it up and listen to y'all headphones, but I can't if y'all want to hear exactly what I said. But one of the things I was saying is there are plenty of people, and I know I said people making it sound just like designers. No. There are plenty of people who work in the fashion industry who are um, executives in the fashion industry, who've been executives in the fact women and men, black people, women and men, who, not, it's not a lot, but it's a few who are there who are qualified for that kind of thing. And it just pisses me off when companies hire celebrities who don't know what uh, when we got real, actually black. I saw, you know, I'm going to tell you, I saw a couple, of, I don't want to say the name, okay, because I just, I just don't, because it's, cause it, it's just, <laughs> when I say the name of somebody, I mean, you know, because I don't want to connect it to a, 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 because I've been knowing this name for a long time, so I just don't want to say it in terms. But there's a black, there's some, there's a black female executive that uh, far more qualified. 
and fashion to sing, but rather a long time. And I don't understand why not pick her up. Or, uh, you know, picking up these celebrities is just, it's just, Because the reason why I get so upset about Celeste, and he did a, I saw his fashion show. He had gospel choirs. It was, it, it was very, it had a lot of kind. It felt Kanye-ish to me in some sort of ways, but um, especially with the gospel choir thing and stuff like that. The runway, I liked it. it looked nice. It looked great and everything like that. But I just kept thinking to myself, what about people who have been working in that industry? I know favor ain't fair. And it'd be different if I saw him, like, if I knew he had a big brand or something like that. But it, it, it's in that there are people like the senior executive I see out there that's been in, this, been in that thing for a long time who could have easily taken that dude, like Virgil's spot, you know, are... Even some male executives and stuff like that that could have been creative director of Louis Vuitton who are not celebrities, who jumped out of music. It's just it's so weird to me. <laughs> because what it, oh, God, I don't know how to explain it without sounding like what I said last night. I, I just feel like there are some people who, not that everybody has to go to school or something like that, but there are some people who school, who have studied, graduated from college, some people who have spent years in the fashion industry that didn't go to school, but their college was going from, um, you know, working in the industry from uh, uh, maybe a small position on up and learning, actually being in it and stuff like that. Yeah, I know it's not a lot of black people, but I feel like that's where the real where you get the real impact of black society, uh, not celebrity. I don't believe celebrity tends to help. Uh, they only help black people become consumers. I mean, consumers of things sometimes we can't afford, right? Uh, but and, 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 but I feel like a person, not all people, not all of them, because we got sellouts who are executives and stuff, but I feel like people who have, who 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 are who know celebrity and maybe be around it and stuff like that and all that can have an influence. But I think there's more of an impact from the person who may have went to school for it or who's been in it a long time to find more black people who are not celebrity but are true fashion uh, industry people. You think they would probably have more of an impact, and I could be wrong because that doesn't mean they used to. But I actually think they would have more of an impact on uh, a company like Louis Vuitton, and a more of an impact on the community. And a lot of times, uh, you might have some of them executives that understand how hard it is for black men and women, particularly black American men and women, to get in the fashion industry and the fashion business. They may understand that from a different point of view than the celebrity does because celebrities often sometimes understand things from a kind of a narcissist point of view with themselves and sex and all that stuff. But somebody who's worked their way up in the industry or working and say, dang, you know, I know how hard it is for me to get here 
and everything. And I was trying, this is my goal. My goal wasn't to sing or produce and all that stuff. My goal was actually to be in this industry and be an influence and be a powerhouse in it. I I understand the need to pull people up, right? And I was reading, I mean, I was thinking about this, but it was just this particular black female, because I didn't talk about this last night. There's this particular black female so, uh, executive thing on a number because I watch a I watch a number of podcasts. I consume a lot of information. Okay? <laughs> as a matter of fact, I haven't been reading as much in the last few years as I normally read, used to read, and I'm trying to get back to that. But I've been consuming more so stuff or audio and stuff like that. I watch a lot of interviews and stuff like that. And I saw this particular female, um, a fashion. Executive, I was so impressed with it, and I was just like, well, "Shit, why didn't you go get her?" You know, it's, it, it, and I've seen her on a couple, maybe two or three things, and it's not only her. I've seen even some black men on who have been in the fashion executive industry, and they were very wise and smart in it. I just could not understand for the life of me why go with for real. But I think that I don't know if these companies are more interested in. in you know, a lot of people after George Floyd claim they were interested in diversity, claim they were interested in getting more black people, giving them more seats at the tables in these corporations. But I'm starting to think that sometimes, if you, especially if you're getting celebrities and stuff, you might just want more influence over blacks being consumers. And I understand that in some ways. But are you interested in them being a seat, having a seat at the table because you're not really going out here getting real black executives who understand that business, who understand that thing that you're, you're – and, and, and can, can make inroads for real for other black people in the fashion industry? That's why I kind of got a problem with for real. I think Louis Vuitton, picking for real, <coughs> has um, – Creative director doesn't show that they're serious at all about maybe any role again. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, and um, black people, you know, <laughs> I I don't know. I just don't feel like they that that that's their end goal. Their end goal is just more just to him. They using him for more influence, consumerism, and. Uh, Hopefully, just more celebrities who can influence more black people in the hoods to go out and, you know, sometimes stay life and limb for the for a thousand dollars here at least. Okay, you know. Um, somebody like the dude who was who he took his place. Virgil, was it Virgil Abloh? His background was fashion. It was, it was true. He had a lot of, I think he was an architect or something. But he had, he, he, he worked his way into that industry. I just feel like, what in the world? Like, I just, <laughs> I just don't like the choice. I'm sorry. I feel like it was kind of bad. I, just, I don't understand it. I, I'm just, I said what I said, okay, and I'm gonna keep it there, okay, y'all. Can y'all help me to understand maybe why Pharrell is a good fit, and if Pharrell shows that he is going to make inroads compared to a real black executive who has been in the fashion industry for years and years, and who understands the industry and who understands where it's going, 
for understands not just out here trying to pick, hey, yeah, I'm picking nice clothes and pictures, you know, but understands how to bring more uh, people to get, giving more black people a seat at the table. I feel like executives do that better than anybody. Sometimes they don't. I know a lot of black executives have been shut out, but there are a lot of black executives who have used their particular things. And I, at least it's, it's, I've seen a lot of people do that. And this particular female, you know, she's, she's, she, she, I've seen her on like little podcasts and stuff, and she's done that. I, you know, I mean, she hasn't done that, but she's tried to do that, I think. And I'm like, wow, you know, what the hell is going on? And I, even some black males, I think. So, yeah, I don't understand, okay? So that's what I was talking about with the, the whole for real thing yesterday. Okay, what else did I talk about, y'all? Bitch, I couldn't hear No way I got to see it all, okay? Um, I talked about Larsa Pippen and uh, Jordan, uh, Marcus Jordan have a a podcast, I believe it's called Separation Anxiety. On the podcast, they talked about the possibility of having children where they were at at the time. And I talked about the importance, you know, their age gap, because I think Larsa is 49 and Marcus is in his 30s, okay? Huge age gap, but I said it's a possibility for them to that they could stay together, maybe if they have a child, but it's still a huge age gap. Uh, but she was telling him he needs to hurry along his thoughts because, you know, she is 49. And so a lot of people were saying, I don't know, online, a lot of people say, oh, she can't have any. I'm like, you can still have children. I mean, it's a lot harder when you're uh, in your late 40s and early 50s. Okay? <laughs> it's a lot harder, but it can happen. As long as you have uh, 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 your period in you every month, you can still have them, okay? Straight up, all right? Okay, I need sleep, all right? Trust me on that, okay? Because some of us people, we feel we it be here like clockwork, okay? So that's what I was just saying, even we older, okay? So, yeah, and, you know, but it's just a lot harder, okay? But uh, I was talking about the idea that, you know, we, that's something you have to consider when you're dating a younger man, that if he does not have any children and he wants children, that may be a hard thing to make to continue the relationship. But she's willing to have another child. She's gonna. He wants to try, try to have uh, one more child for him. But what if he wants two? You know, Martha, that's gonna be hard. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah. I thought it was a very interesting conversation they had, and I think it showed the vulnerability of their age and, and how they're looking at their relationship and how they're seeing these things and how he, he said he's kind of thinking about it and stuff like that. I thought they were very interesting, okay? Because um, that's one of the hard parts, I think, of relationships, one of the things, not the only thing, between older older women and younger men. Now, older men don't have that problem when they use, sometimes when they go with younger girls because younger girls can still have children a lot or it's easier for them to have children. But I even say the same dynamic can be so when there's an older woman and an older man, okay? You have to, under, you know, you have to see where, and he doesn't have children. Does he want children or does he not want children? Or something like that, you really have to have a discussion because, you know, 
you got to understand where everybody's at, <laughs> right? So, yeah, I thought that I liked them having actually that discussion. I thought it was really interesting, and uh, y'all should check them out, Separation Anxiety, I think is the name of it, okay? Uh, I didn't, we talked about Remy Mom Papoose out here. Uh, the rumors are they look like they were together tonight at the BET Awards. Okay, they were sitting next to each other and stuff like that. I talked about my idea of Remy Mom Papoose because the rumors are that Remy Mom has cheated allegedly on Papoose with one of her artists who is a known battle rapper or something like that. Now, the rumors were Papoose punched them out or there was some extreme flirting going on. I don't know if it's allegedly in these streets. A lot of people were reporting it. Tasha K is one of the main people reporting it. And, yeah, okay. Uh, do I think it's possible? Yes, because Jimmy Ma is severely different than she really did. You know, I tell people all the time, okay, I'll, you know, it's a, you gotta pay your attention sometimes to people when they're going into tough spots and and, and and trying to marry or date them, you know, right away. Like I see this all the time on Love After Lockup. You know, you get people who are trying to get them while they coming out of jail, and you know the person you was talking to when they was in jail and locked up is a whole different person. Locked up, you say a lot of crazy stuff. People be saying a lot of crazy stuff. But when you get out here and you experience freedom, the world is a different place. You know what I'm saying? Like the world is a different place. You got you got more options. You got more things. You free. You ain't got to stay on the phone with the same person, right? So I always say people should let their person just because you stood by somebody in jail. I stood by them while they was in jail. Now I'm gonna stand by. No, sometimes you gotta let somebody. You gotta say. Let me see if we have that same relationship on the outside that we did on the inside. You know what I'm saying? Let me give you time to see who you are since this experience of something like jail. You know, you always got sometimes see where people at in their head before you get with them. Because, you know, if you get with people at a downtime, and when they come up at that downtime, they might look around at you and say, oh, what did I do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not mean that you. It doesn't mean that you a bad person or you're not good enough. It just means that sometimes when people are in a different state, they choose they do different things. So I think this is the case of Remy Ma and Papu, and she's gonna she's gonna have extreme obligations towards him. And plus, I say that some Pisces is Pisces do that is Pisces. You know they they'll use their beautiful uh, ability to be. Uh, uh, um, what is it? Their beautiful ability to be self-sacrificial, and they'll sometimes use that in a manipulative way. <laughs> I love it. I'm the Pisces. Pisces be mad at me. I'm the Pisces whisperer. The Pisces whisperer. <laughs> the Cancers too. Okay, I can Cancers. Are, cancers. I like Cancers. Cancers are fun. Cancers are kind of like Pisces in a way. I think Scorpios are the strangest water sign, even though we're kind of, I feel like we're water and fire, but we're we're strange because we are we're water fire and we're similar to air signs, you know, because we we could be log, overly logical and stuff like that. But the the a Pisces has a, of the water signs are very emotional and stuff like that, and sometimes Scorpios we be looking at them like. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I thought we don't get it, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, so it's it's interesting, okay? Uh, we'll keep an eye on see where Papoose and Remy my it was it's the rumors they look like they were together tonight. That's all I'll say, okay? So rumors may not be true. Also, I talked about the beef between Tasha K and uh, 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 Cardi B. Um, there are rumors that Cardi B has left Offset. These are rumors. Okay, rumors out here that Cardi B is not no longer with Offset. They are big rumors. And it's because Tasha K. You know, Cardi B and Tasha K, I talked about how they got into an argument. I mean, well, Tasha K, Cardi B came out, and I played the video of the, of the her talking about the billionaire, uh, billionaire stepson and how he went to a Blink-182 concert while his stepfather was missing. He is now presumed dead. Uh, Cardi B was kind of criticized, saying, you know, I, I want somebody, you know, I don't want nobody here at my you know, I ain't, I don't got the audio, so I will play it for y'all again. Y'all gonna have to go back and listen to the other show. The audio, I think, turns up pretty loud. It's just my voice doesn't. But I talked about how I felt like Cardi B um, was wrong for saying, challenging how people grieve because people cha- argued about the way you, they thought that her and Austin was grieving during uh, takeoff. So I, I feel like that is just a wrong thing to do because you don't know where people are at. You don't know what, how, you don't know what his, him and his mom or his family discussed that day. They may have said, quit being worrying, go out to concert, enjoy yourself, he wants you to do that. Or whatever, you don't know. So don't say. And I told my own story about my own family member about how I lost a family member very years ago whom I was really close to, loved a lot and everything. And I did not show up at their thing. Right, and some people couldn't understand me. And my family said, And when they came, I remember when people came in from the for the from the week, you know, from the thing, and we were having the um, the dinner afterwards and stuff like that. And, and I had been helping with that and stuff like that. And I remember everybody came in, and I remember people that kept coming to me saying, "So, be so glad you did not go. It was so much grief going on. It was so much grief." And I knew that was going to be, and I was already experiencing my walk with grief, and I did not want to experience that in that atmosphere. And plus, I'm a person who believes, I'm one of the people who believe that the dead, 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 okay? Because I understand that the dead is no longer there, and you know, since we're going, looking at nobody, you know, they ain't there. Okay, so, you know, if you, you show your love, and that those type of things are for people who, that's my personal opinion, are spirit, you know, People need closure or people who are seriously good. You know what I'm saying? They need to, they don't understand. But I understand people are in another ring, okay? So their spirits are gone to another ring. People are never really done. But I don't like people criticizing people for how they do it, okay? Sometimes, I know some things are strange. You might say, oh, that's strange now, honey. Why is he up there uh, doing that? You know, we some things we may look at and get to sometimes how people respond to grief can tell us Sometimes maybe how people care for people, sometimes it can, sometimes it can. Uh, sometimes, especially in, in like investigations and police investigations of a murder or something, sometimes people can tell how people are responding to grief if they might have been a part of it or something. Those are very real things. But also, I think it's hard to just say with absolute what somebody should do and stuff like that. So Cardi B and 
Tasha K. Tasha K. said something to her similar to what I'm saying. That you know, hey, people were saying this about you. Cardi B got upset and said, "Listen, we couldn't see, we couldn't do this, and we couldn't do that." When after takeout died, and don't you put takeout in your mouth, and I'm gonna make sure your kids don't call the college and all this stuff, which set Tasha K. off. And Tasha K. began to release. First, she gave an apology, <laughs> the official apology to Cardi B. She began to release video of Offset's alleged mistress. And Cardi and Tasha K did not come up off of Cardi B's neck almost the whole Saturday. <laughs> okay. And Cardi B responded with that if y'all keep coming at her, she's just going to divorce Offset and get another rich Negro to cut her. Okay, that's essentially what she said. But she was acting like that was bad and that you're responsible. All it's gonna do, I'm gonna do is gonna give this and that, and I'm like, well, that's that's on you. What what are we, what what are you upset about? If y'all keep trying to tell me about my man, I'm gonna do is this and that. She act like she's just gonna punish herself. We gonna make her punish herself. And she was saying she was with a uh, 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 on her video. She was saying she was with a scammer. And he was sitting like, oh, and I was saying to young girls out here, just because somebody got money don't mean they high quality. Don't listen to Cardi. Money, and having to get another rich inward stuff, you don't mean nothing. Me, uh, 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 I'll say, uh, uh, rich, and apparently, he ain't, if, he, if he's doing what he's doing, apparently, and he's doing it several times and embarrassing you. After you done put your career on hold and everything, child, and this is this is it. Obviously, he's a, he's not a he's not if that's if it's true if it is true he's low quality and you you, you want to make sure you don't pick a rich man that's low quality. Who wants a rich bum? No one. No one wants a rich dusty man. <laughs> don't matter if you got money. Okay, money ain't to be out. It, Get out. It ain't to be all with all. I mean, it's nice to have, but money ain't everything. If you got somebody who's dusty and uncaring and running around and doing whatever you want to, embarrassing you and stuff like that, you got a full ass career and stuff. But see, I pay, I peak game, okay? And Cardi needs to peak game too. I said this a few years ago about Cardi B, okay? I said this a few years ago. I said, be careful, Cardi, because she's getting back with what's her name. What she did, she had two babies. She ain't dropped that second album yet. It's getting ready to come or whatever. They already got, they got Ice Spice out here and all these other people that sound like her. I don't know. I mean, he came in the middle. Remember she was on that big tour with Bruno Mars and stuff like that? I think Cardi B could have been up, up, up. But sometimes, you know, when Offset came in and got married her, and she, even after all that stuff they was going through and stuff, she went ahead and married him and stuff like that. See, sometimes you got to pay attention. I talk about familiar come in, they helpful. Some people don't. Some people there to drain your energy in various ways. And so you got to see what's good for you and what's not good for you spiritually, okay? And I feel like, you know, if it's true what they've been saying about I'll say it on these people, you need to be paying attention that was that a familiar energy. Just come to rob her of 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 
to distract her from her desti- her destination. And a lot of women don't sometimes understand that. My I mean, my spiritual mom always used to say, "Hey, you better be wise. You should watch them familiar spirits." <laughs> and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." And she'd be like, "Yeah, you better watch those familiar spirits. If that spirit ain't here, you off game." Yeah, and I still be, you know, you still, you got, you got to, I still got to watch familiar spirits and friendships, all, you know, all kind of stuff, you know, uh, families, people can extra stuff in very ways. They can distract you from what your purpose is, what you're supposed to be doing at the time. Like if you're a young woman and you're focused and you're going to college and you got your stuff together, I'm just giving you an example. And you're moving and then suddenly, boom, you're like, God, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's really cute and stuff like that. And suddenly he's distracting you away from school. And suddenly you're not so interested in doing the stuff you're doing, but you're all in love. And it's all good and everything like that, but you being highly distracted from something you know in your heart you're supposed to do or something you're trying to make, and then suddenly you find yourself maybe pregnant or something like that. That's a delay. And that person came to delay you, and sometimes you got to start questioning, whoa, is this person good for me? You know what I'm saying? Is this good? This you know, because who cares for you and loves you will always honor your purpose. Even what they want you to be with them all the time and they want to be loved up on you and stuff like that, they will honor what it is that you do. And they will encourage you and inspire you to do great things with it. You know, that's why sometimes when people are getting these relationships, where I always laugh at celebrities, and I talk about this on here. I tell them I use celebrities a lot, for example, because we talk celebrity news and gossip on here. But uh, when celebrities always, especially celebrity males, always say, well, I want somebody who doesn't want me, 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 you know, so I want somebody to see past that. And I agree, you should get somebody to see past that, but you also want somebody to say you being you, you being on that stage, because... If they don't want you, if they don't like you being up there, they can also distract you. Or if you are you being in acting, or you being in the arts in some sort of way or something like that. I, just to just talk about celebrity spirit, you want to make sure you have somebody who understands uh, that version of you as well as the home version of you, and they can 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 roll with all of it. Because if not. They'll distract you off purpose and get you out here and you messed up and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't like this. I like people. I don't like people to be distracted. I do. I want to be. I'm attracted to purpose. So I don't like. I don't like when people ain't doing their purpose. I be like, what is this? But you all up on the meat. Yeah, I, I. You know. You know what I'm saying. I'm, but I'm. I'm different. <laughs> he get mad. I be get mad. At people. People be, I'd be like, what? When I was out in the streets, I'd be like, oh, no, nah, you can't be over me. What? Are you here again? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cause I, I mean, I keep be busy, you know? Yeah, there's sometimes now, there's sometimes I want my time and stuff like that, but, you know, I'll be like, you know, I can very much do, like, 
I, I'm a person, I was, in, before I got married, me and my husband were long distance. I used to do a long distance relationship. We had a long distance relationship. So I'm, I'm a person that can do that kind of stuff. Just very few people can do that kind of thing. Okay. And my, most of my friends are going, are you crazy? <laughs> I'm like, no. They're like, oh, excuse me. Yeah, you don't care about that shit. Yeah, because I don't. I, I got stuff to do. Shit. I got time to do. What do you do? I see him every day. You know, something like that. You know, but you know, that 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 dynamic change. Of course, you get married, but you, I'm a person that's very much like that. I can, I don't like that. Uh, uh, that's just me. But you have to find people. Some people want to see people every day. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they need some. Like, I've had friends who are dating in their dating life and couldn't do long distance. They're like, I can't do nobody out of town or like that. I never had that issue. Okay? I'm just like that. I dated and I did that a lot. I would have long, I would have long distance relationships, partly because I was busy. I got shit to do, and you know, I was a, I'm a, I'm a, I like home. I'm tend, tend to be an introvert, but I can be. I'm very extroverted also. I can be. I'm an intro. I'm naturally introverted, but I'm ex, also extroverted because if I get pushed, okay. So I need if I get pushed outside, if I have to do something outside. I, so I don't want people up under me. I want to do what I need to do. I want you. <laughs> I want you stopping me. I don't want you to, be, you know, what I'm saying, stopping my purpose. I can sit, be moving out of my way, you know. <laughs> so I can be, you know, so that I can be sometimes like <laughs> that's bad. I'm telling you, I'm my business, but it's true. So you know, and my friends always know that. I mean, they always ask, say, you know, you, you I would hate it. I can't stand that stuff. But I am that person. I'm not that. I just can't, you know. I be and I be like that now. You know what I'm saying? I travel by myself, all kind of stuff. I am very much my own I am my own season that way. I do not, you know <laughs> I just want my time. I just admit I'm a sloppy shit. Okay, it is what it is. <laughs> it's that's my own my season of Scorpio. No, I'm more than a Scorpio, you know, I'm a Scorpio Moon, I mean, Scorpio Sun, you know, with Virgo Moon and a Leo Ascendant. So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of really a little independent when it comes to certain things, not all things, okay, but certain things. So I understand uh, uh, that I, people, I tend to understand the need for purpose. Not that I can't, just, I did date a guy one time who told me I did. And, that was, and I thought, and I said, okay, well, let me end it with you. <laughs> If you get ready in it anyway, so I, I said, well, let me in it. And that was you. I was dating the guy. You go, and he said, yeah, I just can't. You know, I'm always, I, I I'm always wanting to be around you. I'm like, I don't want to stop you. I don't want you to be around me all the time either. <laughs> I hate that he felt that way. But you know, but it's like you know, but sometimes people have to because they have to see people are going different roads or different places and stuff like that. So you have to respect that, you know. And so with Cardi B. I feel like she might not have saw that with offset. Maybe offset might have been a distraction. I can't say, but this babies are blessing. It's good you got the babies, but I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, that's it, y'all. I try to catch y'all up with all some of the main, the main stories I was talking about. We have come to the end of the show. I got to watch the idol now. It's late. Uh, but check this out, okay? Y'all, we, I am going to have another show. To, so I remember I told you I had some other subjects to talk about, so we'll do that. Uh, sometime this week, okay? But y'all have a wonderful rest of y'all night. I hope y'all understood my BET Award show rant. Have a good one, and we're going to leave out with Kevin Campbell, Back to the World, 
It's the PC Show. I'm Carlotta. I hope y'all have a good week this week. See ya. singing that one. That's my jam right there. <laughs> it's the CC Show. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are listening to the Archive Show. What's up, Archive listeners? Thank you for hanging out with me like you do uh, every week, whether you're listening, you know how y'all listen, cleaning up, work, wherever y'all at. Thank you. I appreciate you. Remember, you can hit me up on the Colorado Chatwood Facebook page. You can also hit me up on Chatwood Show on Twitter and Carlotta72. Please follow both platforms. You can also, um, and also remember when you come on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page to follow and like. Okay, a lot of y'all follow, but some y'all don't like page, like page, okay? And also, uh, you can hit me up on, um, <laughs> I forgot the other one, Instagram, Carly's underscore galaxy, okay? And if you guys have any questions about the show or anything you want to talk about, please feel feel free, okay, to um, uh, you can DM and ask me questions or anything about the show that you uh, you want to know, stuff like that, or if you have any ideas or stuff like that, okay? All right, y'all. It's been a long one, so I am out. Y'all have a good week. Uh, hopefully, I will be on with another show this week. But meanwhile, we're going to go out with, let's go out with, you know what, let's go out with, you know that I love you, Daniel Jones, it's Fifi Show, I'll see y'all, bye.